some messages I've sent, one to Vegas wouldn't be the worst. Yeah, as a as a guy who's never been to Las Vegas, you have never you have never been. That's I why, feel like we should take it. That's why I keep sending that text message. Eight and nine, and then, and then Teresa and Fishhead and Nikki Six. They've all got opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. Multiple times today. Coldplay, The Weekend, Chris Stapleton. You'll see them all. We'll give you your first key. Uh, your first keyword. Eight o'clock. So. Everybody talking Mayweather McGregor, obviously that fight Saturday night, fight of the century or whatever it was billed as, and <laughs> fight of fight of the weekend. I don't know if that was the fight of the century. And uh, I mean that's what people were calling it, and um, it turns out nobody has any idea what they're talking about, right? Everybody predicted Mayweather would win, but what it was like, Conor McGregor's not going to land a punch. He won't land a punch. I was even guilty of saying it. He landed 111 punches. 111 times he hit Mayweather. Dude, most boxers haven't hit him that much. Which makes me kind of think... Fixed, right? Yeah, I was going to say, did Floyd Mayweather just kind of like... It feels feels a little... They were in on it together, and I was worried about that from the beginning. And it's amazing how, like, immediately after fights, guys start going into how great the other fighter is. For two months, it's, they're chumps, and I'm going to... I'll disperse with them easy, but as, as soon as the fight's over, they're both champions in the other one's eyes. It's amazing how that works. And then all is forgiven. Everything is that. And so it's like amazing how many times we fall for the fight game shtick. Guys hate one another, and it's going to be a bloodbath. And it's secretly, no, it's two guys that honestly just want to make a bunch of money. I mean, with a payday like that, I, you know, these guys had all the all the incentive in the world to you, you know to hype it, it as much good. as possible and to put as much you know into it as possible and then you right you had to make it look good i think you you, you had that much build up and that much you know intensity going into the event if it just would have been a clinic by mayweather you know and over it within the first 3 rounds would I mean that would have left a lot of people with a pretty pretty sour taste in their mouth i mean i hate to call a fight fixed or staged but it did. Now I will admit I did not watch the fight live. Okay, but having reviewed it since, I don't want to call it fixed or staged. But and I know this is just a lesser degree of those. But it it definitely felt agreed upon. Like You're right, determined there. Yeah, it felt agreed upon. But I got to give Connor credit, and I, I mean. MMA fans knew Connor wasn't going to go into the ring unprepared. Like, he was going to be prepared for you. And I think he did better than most people expected him to do. So, I mean, it still feels to me, after, as a guy who lost the fight, as like, he's the he's what everybody's focusing on. So, you kind of won the fight. Oh, yeah. He's definitely the story coming out of it. But I guess the difference there is that this is definitively... Floyd Mayweather's end. This oh, is I mean, his don't they have to chapter. fight again, though? Well, I mean, as far as he said and as far as everyone else goes, yeah. and ending at 15-0, why Why would you put another one on it? Why would you even bother? It's you a know? perfect number. Yeah. It's a perfect number to stop it. I get it, but I, I, I think money lures all guys back, and I would be suspicious again that they probably don't do this again. There's going to be a lot of money in it. Well, and especially when you think, like, well, it was a predetermined fight, and, you know, if you're in that camp of, like, well, that was probably fixed anyway, why wouldn't you go Why wouldn't you do it again? And make the money again. Now, I mean, people tell me no, because now the fight's going to be Conor McGregor and, you know, his sparring partner, that Paul Malinaji, who's, like, a, like a real boxer. But I don't care about that fight. Yeah. Not like I cared about this fight, and I not didn't even rent this fight. Not, e- not, not even close. People keep talking is. about how that's going to be the next big fight, and I don't get it. Like I, I was excited about this fight, didn't rent it. 
So if I'm not excited about Connor and Pauly Malignaggi, why the hell am I running that? Why? Because Connor proved himself to be a little bit better of a boxer than we thought? I um, mean... It, it'll be interesting to see if he decides to go the route of more boxing matches. Oh, I bet. I mean, there's and, more money. Dana White, dude, the UFC does not pay their fighters. Is uh, uh, at least if you if you listen to what the fighters say, they don't pay their fighters what they should. Yeah, in hard, boxing, but does hard to get paid that much and then go back to fighting for you know a substantially not even like not even like ah eh, well dude it's a bit of a pay cut but I'm getting back into what I feel comfortable in I mean it's a substantial pay cut from what I mean the guy made what a hundred plus million and then he's gonna go back to what fighting for two million right a ninety eight percent pay cut right eh, I don't know now, it's tough to do in other sports what you would see guys do is they would have they would use their power to better off the payroll of everybody else lebron did this with the cba with the nba and if connor was smart he would be like the saving grace of the ufc and like now dana look you got to start paying fighters otherwise we're out and what he should do is roll it into the biggest payday ever for mcgregor diaz and do another one of those yeah i mean i, I think Conor mcgregor definitely has the you know the high ground to stand on when it comes to leveraging more money and dana white's going to have to come off of that if if nothing else just for him as an individual we're like yeah dude i have to pay you more I don't know if that's necessarily going to translate into every other dude in UFC like feeding off of that, but how could you not pay him more? You're going to have to. And then what you're going to have is you're going to have other guys then refusing to fight, and the pay scale is going to have to go up in the UFC. It's just going to have to. There's already another huge UFC star that says he's ready to box. Coming up at 9 o'clock, we'll give you that. 8 o'clock, we'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Get his take on the Browns the other night. They've already named their season one starter or their game one starter. And I said all along, like they can tell me what they're going to do all they want, but we know what they're going to do. And they did it. Kaiser's going to be the game one starter. So we'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com about that. So Game of Thrones wrapped up last night. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's the thing. I was all excited. I wanted to be excited. I watched most of it. I fell asleep for about 20 minutes, and I woke up at the very end, and I saw like the, like the last like three minutes of it. So I know how it ended, and I know how most of it rolled, but there was like maybe 15, 20 minutes in the middle of it that I don't know, and I don't care. Like I normally I would run home today or I would have like I was up early enough to this I was up early enough this morning to scroll through it. Didn't but, even care. I was like, yeah, I don't care. Really? No, honestly, and I don't think, like, again, when I saw what ended the episode last night, I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. That's cool. So it's not me in here talking about how, like, the show sucks. It's just I have run my course with the Game of Thrones, and I felt like this season just did not do, I don't know, it just didn't press, like, the happy buttons for me. And so I'm just kind of like, I know there's six more episodes next year. I, I don't, I honestly, I don't care if I see them at all. I mean... At all. This was, I mean, it was less than six months ago. It was probably like three months ago. It was probably as the summer started, as we were getting into like, oh my God, Game of Thrones. Can't wait. It started. You couldn't wait. And, and you couldn't the, stop telling me it was the greatest show ever. You couldn't, like, dude, it was, and then all of a sudden, wow, man. The wow. season premiere, I even defended wow. it. I came in the day after the season premiere and defended it. When I, I didn't even know this, honestly, I don't think it was until like 
Wednesday last week, I even realized this was the season finale because I feel like I was like, had there only been three of these? So like three or four? Like I didn't. I mean, man, it was short. You've watched and this, not very good. You've watched this show seven seasons deep, ten episodes per, like five times, dude. So to have to have you come in here, I think that's why. Tap it on it to have you come in here, like eh, I don't know. I think wow. all the binge watching and rewatching of uh, of it like three, four times, it, it just it wears you down, maybe. And maybe that's what makes it not feel special. Because honestly, I don't care at all. Like I, I won't watch it again today. Like I, I know I missed a bunch of parts. Surprised. Like, I think I actually missed the part where like Jon Snow gets laid. Jeez. And I'm Jeez. like, I don't, I don't care. It's not even important. To I you. don't. Yeah, I don't Jeez. care at all. Like I read what happened. I was like, yeah, all right, yeah, great. Yeah, more incest. Way to go, Game of Thrones. Nice. Sister banging, aunt banging. Excellent. Just dwarfs. Them all, yeah. Who cares? You know what I mean? Get them in here. It's just like, wow. Wow, was that a little boring? They have named the game one starter. It is Deshaun Kaiser. We'll uh, we'll examine that a little further next on the Stansbury Show. Dan Stansbury, Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansbury here, and if you're a licensed medical insurance agent, Truebridge, a Trasact company, wants to hire you. Truebridge in North Canton is looking for caring people that want to help seniors understand their medical care options and choose the plan that's best for them. If you don't have an insurance... 106.9. Both sides of the plate, the pitch, swung on, grounded up the middle, Lindor diving, smothered it, glove flipped the second one, Ramirez relay, got him at first! play you'll never see one better than that welcome back to the Sandsbury show a little hammy there as uh, apparently dude the tribe was just beating up on Casey yeah it was an important homestead for them or homestand for them in the sense of you know they're, they're heading to central Kansas City was hot on their uh, hot on the hot on the heels there and they were just able to throw it into a different gear and now's the time man I think there's probably like under 50 games left in the season for sure. I would I'd probably say less than that, maybe like 30. And uh, if you want to, if you want to start playing good baseball, now's the time. I just always love hearing from Hammy. Yeah, he doesn't suck. Trade whatever player you want, any team, whatever. But dude, that guy stays. <laughs> That's all I care about. That guy stays. There's the dude that does the. He does a couple of innings in the middle of the game so Hamilton can get a break. And I always feel so bad for that guy. It's not that he sucks, but it's like, man, you just got big shoes to fill. Yeah, those are huge shoes to fill. They are. They are indeed. Looking ahead at tomorrow's program already. You know, on Tuesdays we do New Tour Tuesday, and so obviously we're going to play you the new Taylor Swift. Yeah. I haven't. Even, I, I've gone out of my way not to listen to this record yet, but people tell me I'm not going to enjoy it. But I will tell you this: I have listened to the country song we're going to play, and it's the new Luke Bryan. Oh, dude. come on, Stansberry, dig it up. Come you know, here's the thing: I, I, I even forgot what it's called, but I heard it yesterday on my way to go play golf, and I was like, oh. Oh my God! Yeah, we have to do that. Big old dipper in it one oh, time yeah. now. Come oh, yeah. on, Sandsbury. Oh yeah, the new Luke Bryan is laughable. I uh, I I know that Pod has new music is out that too. Right? So I feel like we might have new Turd Tuesday oh, all done, buddy. Oh well, here's the thing, man. I've always liked the Pod. Yeah. Youth of uh, what was it? Youth of the yeah, Nation. That's a good one. That's a great song. Southtown South was a great one. song. I mean, for good a band one. that was like a country, for, for that was like a Christian band. 
Um, yeah, Alive was a really good song from them. Remember that one? Yeah, that dude, Youth of the Nation was really good. We should get on. We get should on probably play that records, record. Man, we probably got some of those. Yeah, it's here. pretty good. I would assume. So, so. yeah, there's uh, there's New Tour Tuesday brought like to you it. by the, uh, the Hard Rock Roxino. That'll be tomorrow at nine. If you're in a local band, would like to be uh, featured on it. SansburyWRQK.com is how you submit your things. So, keeping with the sports here, uh, we have already named now Deshaun Kaiser as this season starter. Now, I kind of predicted this would happen. And I had kind of said, like, look, they can talk to me about Brock Osweiler all they want, but you know what's going to happen here. Now, I had put the over-under at nine, I think it was eight games. And I and I said, I was like, well, I feel like I'm I, safe that I would win my bet there. I, I, w- I would take the under. Now, I will admit I wasn't sure it was going to be the first game of the season that they were going to do this, but you knew he was going to be the starter at some point this year. Yeah, I mean, the Browns just so bad that, of course, they're going to make a switch at the, at the most important position in sports. Of course they would. So this is the question I have. Yeah. Are we doing this because we think he is the best guy? Like, because we think we can win with him this year? Or is it because everything else we have at this position on the roster is so bad, we have to go to our draft pick before we want to? I'm not trying to knock the Browns. I'm asking the question, like, are we at the point where it's like, eh, we would rather not do this, but we kind of have to. Did did Deshaun Kaiser win this position, or did everyone else didn't lose feel, it? I mean, I was watching the game the other night in the bar. I was at Ray's Place in Kent, and I was watching the Browns game, and I gotta be honest with you, he didn't look terrible. But he didn't look like he was, like, running away with it. Now, what I will give Kaiser and what has me optimistic Fantone about Kaiser is the same thing you saw in Dak Prescott last year which is when you turn on the game Kaiser doesn't look like oh my god get me out of here like I don't want to be in here right now I'm terrified he doesn't look scared of the situation but wasn't he like five for 13 at one point like I mean he's only completed 51 percent of his passes I mean you're not running away with it I um I did not get in front of a TV until after halftime on Saturday night so I can't necessarily I can't necessarily say like hey here's definitively um you know what what happened there but if you look at the stat line and you kind of look at what happened you know yes it's 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 real it's reassuring to see a rookie quarterback not feel overwhelmed by the moment. Yeah, I like that. But I don't know if that's necessarily enough to like rock me into security here. Well, no. And 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 you. But point, it's something. And, and you know, yes. And and and, and you pointed and out. And you need that to be able to be a good quarterback. If you don't have that, you'll never be a good quarterback in the NFL. So as as the the first initial building block, I at least like that he has it. I yes. I mean that's a that's a starting point where it's like okay, well now we can move forward on something. I uh, I I hope the Browns are realistic and the Browns fans base and the Browns coaching staff and ownership and higher ups and all that are realistic with what's going to happen here because yes you can say preseason game three didn't look like the moment was too big for him give him a couple of weeks give him that Pittsburgh defense and let's see Pittsburgh game one is a tough that's a gauntlet right that's a gauntlet to run for a rookie QB and I understand that you know he's going to go through ups and downs it's a rookie quarterback so it's not like if 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 if, if things go bad that first Sunday out I'm gonna be like pull him and Doug pull the plug but 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 how many times is a rookie going to make a rookie mistake and at what point does it turn into we want the backup quarterback, whoever that may be. Oh, I mean, the, again, I've said it a thousand times. The most popular guy on the Browns roster will always be the guy who's not playing quarterback at the moment. Does does he start all sixteen games? No way. So, like, I mean, I, I, just on injury alone, I don't buy it. I now, feel- see, here's what kills me about me saying stuff like that: is that I feel like I'm I'm cursing. I feel like I'm putting the sins of Browns past on this Browns team, and that may be unfair. 
Because the line is going to be better. Our running game is going to be better. And our our tight end situation should be better. Although somebody told me the other day, Njoku's actually the fourth on the depth chart at tight end, which then that feels like a wasted draft pick at that point. And that feels like a wasted draft pick at that point. But where I will give him credit is if you found value in Kaiser and he ends up being a franchise quarterback, and by that I mean even if, dude, if Kaiser ends up Kirk Cousins and he just stabilizes the franchise and you found value with him in what, the second round I think it was? I love it. I love it. If you, if, if you didn't have to waste a number one pick and $25 million a year on some stud and you, and you stabilize the franchise at QB with Kaiser, then I feel like that's a huge, huge win. All he's got to be is Cousins. Yes, yes. I mean, it's a relatively low. You don't have to win the Super Bowl. It's a low bar that the guy get has to get over. Get me to viable. We, we, did the, we did the nine quarterbacks the Browns have, have drafted last week. And, yeah. I mean, yes, it is a very low bar that you have to get over. I just wonder, number one, it's nice to say that, like, hey, you, you look like you can do the job. But I don't know if anybody necessarily saw him doing the job on Saturday. I mean, I, and granted, I didn't watch. But, like, looking at the stat line, looking at a 29 quarterback rating, looking at, at, at no touchdowns, one interception, right. you can say, well, you didn't watch the game. You don't see it. Well, it's well, like... If it really happened, you can see right. it in the stat line, too. Like, right. that, that, that is true. So, people keep telling me 6 and 10. 6 and 10. And I'm telling you, you're smoking weed. <laughs> hey, dude, you're crazy. I'm looking at the schedule. Game one. Pittsburgh in town. Loss, right? You don't beat Pittsburgh. Not the, not the first game out. No, they just have more confidence as a team. I mean, Second game unlikely. out. Baltimore. At their place. You lose that game. Then the third week, I think you might have a win. Because you're at Indy, and Indy probably doesn't have Andrew Luck. I haven't looked into that and to see if they've changed that. But I, from, what I, from what I understand, they're preparing their season to start without Andrew Luck. A Indianapolis roster without Andrew Luck, I believe this Browns team could win. Then you have the Bengals, and I think you lose that game. And then you have the Jets, which is a game you could win. But I'm not sure we do. But I'll give that one to him. So that, there, there's two. But then you go at Texans, loss. Tennessee comes here, loss. Then you go across the pond to play the Vikings. There's no way the Browns travel to, to England and win. There's no way. That's a loss. At Detroit, you lose. Jaguars, you might win. They're, they play here. You might win that. At Bengals, I think you lose. At Chargers, I think you lose. Green Bay comes here. I think you lose. Ravens come here, I think you lose. At the Bears, you lose, and everybody wishes we picked Trubisky and not Deshaun Kaiser, because that's welcome to Northeast Ohio. And at Steelers, you lose. So what they win? Three games? And that's kind of a... Uh... And what Vegas has it at four and a half, and I've been saying, I think four's a decent number. The half game is what makes me feel like it's a sucker bet. I take the under at four and a half. Yeah, I think four's probably just where they sit. Um, you'll ask backwards your way into a win that you weren't supposed to get, and they'll probably lose one of those games that you think they'll win. So yeah, four absolutely. is probably, four's probably, right. probably a safe bet right there. But here's the thing. I mean, that's a huge huge improvement from last year. And I mean, granted, now a lot of that's front-loaded wins, um, but when you have a bar that low, when you're the Cleveland Browns, I mean, there is a little bit of like, people are going to be hyped about four wins. People are going to be excited about it. Oh, I dude, here's the thing. Four wins can be positive. If the team, like, dude, we've been a disaster for a decade and a half. 
Like, so if you at least are competitive and in games and you see an improvement from last year and you go from one and 15 to now four and 12, and then next year, maybe you're seven and nine, then that's when you know we got a decent coach, we got a decent GM, we got a decent roster, we're starting to get there. It doesn't, you don't go from one and 15 to playoffs in a year. It just doesn't happen very often. Can it? Yes. Is it going to happen to the worst run franchise no. in the last 50 years? No. This is going to be, I, it's when they hired Hugh Jackson. It's a five year plan. If you don't have five years to wait, you're going to be a disappointed Browns fan because that's what it's going to take. It's going to be five years. Now, the league normally only has patience for three. If that. I so, say, so dude, good luck. If that. So, good luck. Miles Garrett's still doing his thing. The defense looking really good. Yeah. I, I like Joe Although, Schobert a lot. I like that dude. I every, feel like he's a stud. Everybody's telling me how good the defense I mean, dude, I was in the race place on Saturday night watching the game, watching dudes run for six, seven, eight yards at a clip. Like, I, I don't And So, I mean, did they look good? I mean, they look better. But, I mean, I was watching running plays. And I was like, guys, if this is the regular season, you lose games giving up running yards. Like, you just lose games. But... I think it's I think it's probably three, four is a safe enough bet. But Kaiser is your game one starter. It'll be in now I, I before it was like how many games until he starts, and now it's how many games until they yank him out. Again, I'd put the over under at about seven games. Yeah, I was gonna say I, it's gonna be <laughs> tough to sit there and watch the struggles of a rookie quarterback throwing to absolutely nobody, but We'll see. It's going to be interesting. Can police need your help? There's a little bit of violence that happened over the weekend. We'll get you all clued in. That will be next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansbury. Matt Fantone. Just kiss your friend pigs. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. You know, I don't want to go too far into this, but I am a little happy about the fact that we were able to spend a few minutes this morning talking about the Cleveland Browns and football, and we didn't have to say the word anthem not once. That was nice. I enjoyed that. The uh, the Browns all decided to stand arms arm. Yeah, we've seen that before. Anthem. We've seen that before from teams in the past. Okay. And I, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. Fine. I mean... I, I don't really have a problem with the kneeling either. I have a problem with the constantly talking about it without talking about the issues in which they're trying to raise. I, that makes me crazy. I was going to say, how long is it until somebody's like, well, you're not, you don't have your hand over your heart. Right. That, I mean, well, well, that, well, you don't have to have your hand over your yeah. heart. Yeah. And, and at some point, we're going to have to tell everybody that, you know what, compromise is part of life. And that said, that means, and if that's true, that that means that you have to compromise at some point, and and so do I. I. I just felt like a little bit like, well, then what'd you do it last week for? Like, right. What, well, then what was that for? You got called out. The VFW said they're not going right. to show your games, and then now it looks like you backed on up. It does. It, it looks like you backed up on it. And last last week, they, I think personally, they hid behind the concept of praying. They you were did, like, yeah. well, well, we're praying, Which, we're not protesting. Well, what did, are you, well, then, then what are you doing that for? I got to give you credit because nobody else was taking that angle. And nobody. I, I don't understand how that wasn't very obvious to other people. And my thing is now, it's because it, prayer is against. It's it's deemed is nice. I, 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 I see now people are like, well, you know what? I'm going to watch the Browns again. You know, well, they, they did right. And dude, that's like saying, well, dude, you know, Pepsi, I'm really pissed off at Pepsi. Dude, screw Pepsi, but I'm still going to drink Diet Pepsi. So because your team isn't the one doing it, but the overall product you're still giving money to, okay, hell of a stance there. So Peter King, who is like one of the most respected NFL journalists there are. Yeah. Or there is, sorry. 
put up a... Now, you can't base everything on a Twitter poll. And I know that. Right. I'm not an idiot. But, again, his audience, I'm guessing, is fairly you know, staunch NFL people, right? right? So he asked the question, if these protests continue, will it affect how, mu- how much NFL you watch? 73% of people, at the time I answered the poll, and I had said no, 73% of the people that responded had said no. It's going to affect my... Now, if you're the NFL, is 27% like enough to make you go, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. And again, because Peter King's audience is going to be NFLers. Yeah. So like, if, if I'm Roger Goodell in the NFL, am I paying attention that, that almost 30% of people say they might? Yeah, because now again, you got to be smart and realize that that itself, you know what I mean, self-reporting and people don't know and this and that and it's emotion. So you got to figure it's probably not 27%. It's probably closer to like the actual people who say that they will, that will actually go all the way through. It's probably closer to 11 or 12%. But even still, that's a lot. Yeah, and that's of NFL enthusiasts. I mean, you're not following Peter King on Twitter because you're like a passive NFL fan. If you if if you if you're in that, you know, in that audience, you're you, you're, you're a diehard. I'm sure what they're much more concerned about is the person who just will be like, oh, it's Sunday at 2.30. Yeah, the Browns are on. Okay, right. I'm going to watch it. The I, casual I, fan. Right. I wonder I wonder what the, uh, what, the, what, the, what the breakdown of that would be. But it just doesn't make sense to me that there are people out there who are like, well, my team didn't do it, therefore I'll continue to support the overall product. And it's like, well, then oh, you, you really don't care. We'll just wait till 7 o'clock when we talk about another sport and I point out the hypocrisy in all of this. And I point out the hypocrisy in all of these athletes, in all of the stuff they're doing because of what went down Saturday night. Just wait. We'll expose that at 7 o'clock. I do want to talk about this, though. Apparently, there was three people shot on uh, the 800 block of Shore Avenue Northwest over the weekend. Police confirmed that uh, one of them was knocked unconscious. Three people shot. None of the wounds right now are life-threatening. As of uh, when we heard, one person was taken into surgery, the most serious of those uh, injured, obviously, you know, requires some surgery. But I saw a couple of quotes here that had me, you know, raising some eyebrows. Okay. And one of like, they can't call him a witness, but somebody like who lives in a house nearby said he heard gunshots. And the statement is more than usual. So I went, so then that's when we decided we should take notes. I was inside, started hearing gunshots more than usual, he said. I heard around 23 shots. Jeez. Dude, 23 shots. I mean, just firing them off. Is a lot. I mean, what's a clip? 15 rounds? That's a lot, dude. I mean, so, Jesus. I mean, that's pretty dangerous. Now, I live on the other side, all right? But Shorb is not that far from, I mean, it's walking distance from my apartment. But I live on the southwest side, not the northwest side. But I, it was like Saturday morning and I was walking down there. And I was just like trying to get my 10,000 steps in for the day. And I was like, all right, we'll just make a right right here. And I didn't even think about it. But I walked right up Schwab Avenue. And then I saw the sign. And I was like, oh, this is the street everybody's like. This is like the infamous drag here. And I was like, it's the middle of like the morning, sunlight out. Like, But I probably shouldn't be walking up and down this street, right? No, I mean, it's a notorious street for a reason. I used to live on Shorb, Shorb and 6 Northwest. So, I mean, that was really, really close to where I used to live in, in the 800. Yeah, it is. There. Um like people I think sometimes you know number one you can drive down Shorb and it can just look like any other part of Canton now granted I mean maybe not as well upkept as other parts of Canton but like there are times you can drive down that street and it's just kind of like all right well this is you know just another part of Canton I think people lose perspective on like how close it is to like 
the real world. I feel like some people think that like, oh, it's Shoreham and it's like that's off there and I'll never go in that neighborhood. But it's like a block over from Fulton and like two blocks over from Cleveland. So like you can think that like, oh, well, dude, as which, long as I stay out of areas which, like Which, by that, the way, if they're licking off 23 right, shots, right. Dude, a block away is not enough. That's that's literally no difference at all. Like if you think that that's going to be the, that geography is going to be like your safe haven. Of not like, at all. I'll just stay away from areas not even like close. that. You really don't have an option if you live in Canton proper. Um, I, I can't say I'm necessarily surprised. I mean, I, I think more than anything, I'm surprised that three people got shot and none of them are dead. That's a sad thing to say, but it's true. That is surprising for that many for that many victims. Right. That many victims, that many shots, that and area. Nobody's fatal. Right. Nobody's even in serious injury. It's just, you know what I mean? They say non-life threatening. So, I mean, yeah, that's pretty. Uh, you, you're right. I didn't think about it that way. But I mean, what a wow. What a silver lining that is to try to find. Yeah. I mean, you know, 23 shots fired off and nobody dead. Hooray. That's so not much. Obviously, we're going to ask that if you have any information, you call the Canton PD and, uh, you know, hit them up uh, and let them know. Um, so this hurricane thing is pretty it, it, it is getting pretty dangerous down in Texas, right? They claim yeah. five people. Yeah, that's, uh, that's no joke down there. So um, you're going to see a lot of GoFundMes. You're going to see a lot of this kind of stuff. And I get it. Right. And you should always try to help somebody else out. But I will tell you one thing that in any crisis that people need is giving blood. If you can give blood, go give blood. I know they'll need it. And like that's like the one way. If you're sitting there feeling like, oh my God, I'm watching this on TV. How can I help people? That's what you could do. Are you a are you, I'm a big proponent of giving blood. Are are you a watcher of something like this? You're gonna sit there and like and like watch this on the uh It feels a little I don't know, macabre to me. Like I, I don't know. It feels I mean natural disasters are one of those things where it's like in a documentary, it looks amazing. I'm not sure that watching it live and stuffing white, you know, white cheddar popcorn in my pie hole is like the right way to spend an afternoon. There's a little bit of guilt in it, and I know some people think that, like, well, I'm not watching it because I'm entertained. I'm watching it because I'm horrified, and it's like, well, you're well, still entertained. You're still watching right. it because you like you go to Rob Zombie it. movies because you're horrified. But there's like, there's been so many videos that came out, and I know there's one up on WRQK.com where it shows this like news reporter. And she, uh, she, she like, you know, saves this trucker's life live on TV. And it's just like these amazing stories. And there's the, the people who are dealing with like the senior citizens who got air vacked out of, um, like it was hip deep waste water in the retirement home and just all these amazing stories. Um, and you're right, dude, blood and money. People want to be like, oh, well, thoughts and prayers with Houston. Well, here's this ribbon. Hashtag. Hashtags and ribbons don't do anything. Time, money, and blood are the only things that will fix it. Pray until you're blue in the face, but if you think praying and hashtagging is enough, you're wrong, dude. You have to do more if you want want to make a difference. Now, granted, there's some people out there who are like, dude, I don't care. Whatever. F Houston. Well, that's your prerogative to say Well, yeah, you're allowed to feel that way. And I know a lot of people, too, are like, you know, I'm going to donate coloring books and, and, and teddy bears to kids, and then it'll all feel good. Great. Nine months from now, when the house is built, they can color. Nobody, you send buckets, you idiot. Nobody, nobody wants to donate money because it's like, well, I feel like I'm making more of a difference with juice boxes. And it's but like, not. no, they need money. They need cash to put your gasoline into the trucks that are driving the safety or driving the, 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 the rescue supplies down there. So donate money, donate blood. I'm a big proponent of uh, donating blood. You a uh, you you gonna you're, you're, you're a donator? You're, yeah, you are okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Honestly, can't. we should. Why? Because I had tattoos. I got like, one within the last year. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. You okay. got 365 days to wait. There. That's right. I forgot about that.
But we should probably get on our boss, right, and do like an iHeart blood drive for this. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a crisis. I would think so. I would imagine the company is doing something like that down there near it. I would hope so. But, I, I think... mean, let's do a remote one and then, you know, then team up with, maybe we team up with the rock station in Houston, 94.5 The Buzz, and you we, would, we you, do that. You would think this would be already a company-wide, like, I would have assumed that email would have been in our inbox this morning, like, hey, get your asses out there and do this. 900 radio stations, the power of iHeartMedia, you know, I yeah. think that was a thing, but... Two, what, you know, ad-free hours on iHeartRadio if you donate yeah. two pints of blood? I'm sure yeah. there's something, something in there that they would want to do. Tickets to John Mayer. <laughs> it's a little inside joke, but it was very funny. It was very funny. Yeah, actually, you know what we do have tickets for today? What is that? Is the Stark County Fair. Oh, oh, oh yeah, we yeah. do, baby. Yeah, dude, apparently, not only do you get the fair tickets, but you get Demolition Derby tickets. Uh-huh. We have one set of that, and then what, there's, I, is, now, was this just written lazily, or is this what it's called? Because I have the truck and tractor pool. The truck and tractor pool, dude, of like, course, So, man. like, who is that? Like, what hydraulic brake company is, like... And like sponsoring that, I don't know, but they're just pulling big ass things, dude. So that's going down September first. I know the uh, which know- is awesome because if you walk through the fair, you can watch guys hand in hand dragging a big <laughs> ass thing through the fair. So you know what I mean, pulling their own tractor there. Be right back with more Sansbury Show. Hang on, please relax. This will be painless. The Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansbury here. And if you're a licensed medical insurance agent, Truebridge, a Trasact company, wants to hire you. Truebridge in North Canton is looking for caring people that want to help seniors understand their medical care options and choose the plan that's best for them. If you don't have an insurance license but would love to have one, Truebridge can help you for free. 6.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show, Rock 106.9, 8 o'clock, your first keyword of the day for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. We'll send you out to Vegas for September 22nd and the 23rd, so you can see The weekend. Chris Stapleton, 30 Seconds to Mars, Kings of Leon, Big Sean, tons of others. That's under a month away, man. Yeah. Dude. We're putting you up, Crazy. Too. You get really good accommodations, and it's not my brother's spare room. Like, we're actually going to put you up in a hotel. You'll be fine. I kind of want to go, though. Like I know, I know the the company won't give me tickets. No, to go to the event, <laughs> it will not. But it would, I don't know. It'd be kind of cool when like all the radio people were going to be out there, and then maybe you use that as a trip to go see my brother. It'd be kind of fun. Yeah, there'd be a bunch of radio people out there with like VIP access, and like you and know, I'm going to be at my mom's house, and my brother's going to be like, "Dude, what do you mean you can't get us into that, loser? You've dedicated your entire life to this. You slept in your car for this, and they they won't even let you into the, the, your own show. No, nope, <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Nope, that sounds like a terrible time, man. Self esteem is fragile enough, dude. I don't need you That's going right. out there and getting lapped out of an industry party and then your brother gives you a wedgie come on that's true you know what i mean i get laughed out of this building every day <laughs> by the mouth breathers that work here oh god aaron's writing in she's telling me you know what sansbury i'm with you i'm with you on this game of thrones thing i was okay. a purist i had been watching this whole time but she's like i'm with you she's like that was some horrible cgi at the end now i didn't even go into that i didn't even think the cgi was all that bad i just and again, I don't think the show's suffering or any worse than it ever was. I just think I have reached my like breaking point of caring about it. 
Um, I, I, it's I, just, maybe I, it's just too far in. I say it about a lot of series. I mean, you go seven seasons deep. It's long. Ten hour or ten episodes apiece. They're an hour long each. Nowhere else would you expect seventy hours of entertainment from something. That's so much, dude. I mean, Pornhub re- saying, "Hold my well, beer." Well, I mean, outside of that, I mean, you just look at like. I don't know. You throw you throw the binge watching on top of it, and a little bit of the hype where every every episode, everything it's like, oh, it's gonna be. Wait, you see this? It's Game of Thrones. It's the greatest thing you'll ever see or ever witness or the best piece of fiction that has ever existed on the face of the planet. And I was one of those. I kept saying it, but I watched so the season finale was last night, and I started watching it, and then like I fell asleep for about twenty minutes near the end, and then I woke up right at the end as like the last like five minutes were happening. So I saw how it ended. And I saw like everything leading up to it, so I can piece it together. And normally I'd be like, when I woke up this morning, I'd be like, all right, well, let me, I, uh, dude, I got to see it. What did I miss? And I don't care at all. Like, I just don't care. And I'm not saying it's crappy. I'm just saying I've reached my breaking point. And like next season, what is it, 2019 they're saying now, and it's going to really? be six of them. By then, honestly, I, I, I doubt I'll have cable by then. I really do. I bet you by the time it rolls out. And they start. I want to see right, They start. They start showing the dragons on the commercials. Stansbury's gonna be in. Come on. I don't know. The dragons are what kind of has me out. Really? Like, dude, she flew on it again last night to a meeting, and it just looked horrible. Why? Why is that? Like the, the. I don't know. You always keep bringing up her riding this dragon is it, like is like the line in the she, sand where it's like too honestly, far because you can't even see her on the damn thing, and then like it lands. And I don't know. It just looks bad. All right. I mean, I don't. I don't watch it, so I don't necessarily. I can't. It, to me, it looks more powerful if she's walking in, and there they are, like wings out, flying behind her. Power, like when she's riding it, and all of a sudden, dude, can I pay you to let my kid go for a spin? Like it just, dude, it does, it just looks like the never-ending story. Like, it, like it's something like a nice dragon. It, uh, it just looks bad. It's not like these dragons came out of nowhere, and now it's like, dude, now you're asking me to suspend my disbelief. These dragons have been a part of the show. It's been called the Little Dragon Show since day one. No, right? it has never been called the Little Dragon Show. You, like a dick, <laughs> have referred to it as the Little Dragon Show. That has never once been the name. It's Game of Thrones. We have a little audio from Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor the other night. Can uh, I have that? Give me one second here. Yeah, I am. So here's the thing. I'll be the first one to say it. I had no idea what the hell I was talking about with this fight. I was falling in line with what everybody else was saying, much like the election. Oh, Hillary's going to win in a landslide. And I kept saying, ah, McGregor will be lucky to land a punch. He landed 111 punches. Now, I don't want to call the fight fixed, but having reviewed it, it looks agreed upon. Of, like, the system of how, of what we're going to do. Like, how the rounds are going to go. It did look agreed upon, like, well, this fight can't end in two rounds. Like, it has to kind of, like, we have to give people what they paid for. Well, and isn't that a little bit of, you know, the first... A sham? Yeah. Yes, yes, bro. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a total sham. I love pro wrestling, but at least they tell me it's fake. They, I mean, you know up front. Right. Right. Um, but I will say, isn't that kind of Floyd Mayweather's mo? Is that the first rounds of a fight, he kind of he's a feeler outer, and he yeah. and he lets guys punch and he lets guys do his wear thing. themselves out, and then he kind of goes at you. So I mean, I would assume that that is kind of you know yeah maybe you know how yeah, maybe. he would how he would approach this fight. So we have a little audio here. Let's take a listen to that. You promised Al Heyman this was it, but could you be lured back? This was my last fight tonight, ladies and gentlemen. My last fight. You I buy that? 
Um, uh, yes. I it's, mean, you make a great argument that 50 and 0 is a perfect round number. You do make a great argument at that. 49 and 0 doesn't sound as impressive as 50. Doesn't it sound as, it sound as impressive? And 51 doesn't sound any better than 50. And there's no, I mean, other than a big payday again, what's, what's Although, the Although, wasn't this enough of a payday? Although, it's money. There's no such thing as enough. Especially with Floyd Mayweather. There's right. A, and, and, you know. Fair point. That's for certain, no matter what's in front of it. For sure. Tonight was my last fight. For sure. Um, I, I choose, I choose, tonight I, cho- I chose the right dance partner to dance with. Conor McGregor, you're a hell of a champion. And to the country of Ireland, we love you guys. Floyd, congratulations. Terrific career. Great work, great work, great work. Good job. Come on, 10 years, good job. I, I turned him into a Mexican tonight. He felt like a Mexican. See, now that's all over the internet now. And I guess they're saying this is okay because Mexicans are considered to be the toughest boxers in the game. And the, that's why he felt like it's okay to say this. But Conor McGregor has had multiple occasions of being on the line of a racist. Um, I mean, plenty. Go search him on YouTube. There's plenty of times Conor McGregor's getting loose with the language. And Ireland kind of has this mentality. Well, and that's what I was going to say is that, you know, when you're from another country, it's not always going to be fair to throw somebody through American uh, filter. It is when you move to America and adapt this country and make your living here. I would agree that if, you, that if you're from Ireland, you use your passport to come to New York City once. Yeah. But it's Conor McGregor. You're a world icon now. So yeah. I, I, so I kind of can't go with that. But I mean, how? I mean, is he 100% based in America? Or does he still live in? Well, I'm Ireland sure he still and- has. I'm sure he still lives in Ireland. But let's. Not, I mean, Conor McGregor has a house somewhere here. Right. But I mean, that's him coming and like training and working for six months out of the year, as opposed to him like being All an right. American. Do you view him as an American? I don't. I mean, the guy's an Irish dude, right? I mean. And listen, I mean, yeah, if we're just going to let Irish people in 2017 be blatantly racist, I guess, yeah, and I was gonna say, he's from Ireland. I, I, I'm not necessarily saying that, like, hey, racism is okay if you're from Ireland. It's just that, you know, there's other parts of the uh, other parts of the world have a different, you know, taboo line, have a different line of, that's like, true. what is and is not no, that is acceptable. True. That's totally true. That's what, ama- that's what makes America great. Now, I, 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 I found this to be interesting. And I wanted to point out the hypocrisy in this, and I'm up against the clock, so I'll try to make this as fast as humanly possible. And I know I'm not the first person to point this out, but I think it is important to point it out that that arena was filled to the rafters with athletes who cry on Twitter about inequality and oppression and how tough everything is and how we all got to do a better job of this and that, and yet they all yanked out hundreds of thousands of dollars out of their pocket to put it in the pocket of a guy who is beaten girlfriend after girlfriend or wife or whatever she happened to be and Conor McGregor with awful history. I think it's weird that it's like, well, these things are awful, but there's good blood on the track. Well, I'm going to go. I think that applies to more than just athletes. I'll I do, agree, too. I'll agree that that applies to I people do that too. were in But the athletes are the ones who are in my face on Twitter telling me I have to live to a higher standard. And yet when there's a cool piece of action in Vegas, they don't want to do it. I think there's plenty of people on the opposite side that I could say, you know, you're the people who have this this high moral standard of like, well, dude, this is too far. You've gone too far kneeling for the national anthem, but you're going to support a, a guy who beats women. That's Well, that's what I'm saying. This, dude, this is what I'm always saying about this stuff. Nobody can live to this fake social media standard we're trying to put up, and neither can LeBron. There he is sitting ringside watching this thing. It's like, dude, that guy beat his wife, bro. Beat his wife. There were photos. 
There's evidence. And yet, dude, no, nobody cares because it's fight night on the strip. It's, dude, you got to dial down the rhetoric about how I have to change if we're not all going to do it. See, we can't live up to this. That's what I'm always telling you. We cannot live up to this fake morality we're pushing forward via social media. Because sometimes you just want to watch two dudes punch each other in the face. And you want to forget about what they did before. Well, yeah. Some people just want to watch football games and want to forget about what Michael Vick did. They want to forget about what Ray Rice did. They just want to watch football games. That's what I'm always saying. So you got to dial it down, athlete, if you want to go and watch it. Or just stay home on fight night. That's all, That's what you got to do. But you can't do both and tell me I'm wrong while you're supporting a guy who beat his wife and a guy like Conor McGregor who was willing to say that. Right? I, I, don't, I, I don't, I don't, I know I'm right. There's no other side to that. Science has figured out what women check out first when they're walking down the street or in the office, when they take a look at a guy they find attractive. We know what it is. But we'll tell you what that is next on the Stansberry Show. Stansbury, Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansbury here for the Wake Up Auto Family. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 8 o'clock, we'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Get his take on what's uh, happening with Kaiser, also Indians. And I'm sure he'll have some insight as to what the Cavs are doing. So we'll talk to him at 8, and then we'll also give you your first keyword of the day for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. So you'll be able to fly out to Vegas, check out The weekend. Chris Stapleton, Pink, a bunch of others as well. Get your first keyword at 8 a.m. I read uh, a little bit of an interesting article yesterday, Fantone, about how a woman like checks a man out, right? And as a single dude, I'm kind of interested in that. Right, Stansberry always out there, you know, flaunting, peacocking. Some people call it trying to get the ladies to uh, to, to give him a gander. Actually, you know what? A, a, a very close friend of mine says that I don't do that enough. What is that? That uh, that I don't put myself out there enough, and that I'm not in enough social situations. Like she calls me, she's like, you know, every time I call you, she's like, you're at the golf course, or you're at the office, or you're at your house. She's like, I never call you, and are you at a party somebody invited you to? And I said, yeah, I don't go. Said I get invited, then I won't go. She's like, "Well, why not?" So I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, it sucks. I mean, like as somebody in a relationship right now, I don't envy the the position where it's, oh, it's like awful. where it's like you have to go out all the time. And oh, it's you awful. Do, and like because you're not going to get laid just sitting in your apartment. You're not. You're not. And whether you're trying to get laid or find a partner, or you it find doesn't a matter. Wife, Sex is part of it, right? I mean, the, the, you know, you need that, another person. That idea there of you're just not going to find somebody just sitting in your apartment you by won't. yourself, especially since you aren't necessarily hip to the idea of like online dating. No, I hate it. So you do have to go put yourself out in situations yeah. like that. And that gets expensive. Yes. And that gets exhausting. Oh, it's awful. It does. Frustrating. I, I said to somebody yesterday while playing golf, I, and there's a little hyperbole in this, but like I would give anything to meet a woman I want to call twice. 
Like, honestly, like, dude, I just, I've been, it's been a struggle as of late. And I mean, struggle. Now, do you feel like maybe you are, uh, what do I want to say? No. Not allowing yourself. To- no, I've lowered what my, okay. I've, I've lowered okay. what, what my acceptable meter was by quite a bit. Okay. And I, it's still like, wow, is this a struggle lately? Okay. I just think people are awful these days and myself included, probably. I was going to say now, is that you or is that everybody else? I feel like it's everybody else. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? No, obviously, I mean, I, I'm going to carry in my own baggage into this, and I'm, I probably have things that are that are hurting it. But like, honestly, like I'll go out with somebody and be like, oh, well, she's all right, and then I'll wake up the next morning and I'm like, and I don't want to call her at all. Now we didn't sleep together, but I'm like, you know, so it's not like, well, I slept with her, so I don't have to call her. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying like that feeling when you meet somebody you really like and you're like, oh my god, I cannot wait to call them or I can't wait to text. I like, I dude, I haven't had that, and I can't tell you how long. I guess you know, at least partially, I'll say that. You know, a vast majority of life is just all right. A vast majority of yeah, it. Yeah, I want a little something more than that. Good luck. At least to start. At least to start. And then at the end, then yes, just Chinese food on the couch with the dog. That's all I'm looking for. But like at the end of the day, I don't know. It's just, it's been a struggle. So after reading this article, they, they kind of like go into like what women check out first. Now, if you happen to be on a beach, right, in like a bathing suit situation, okay. I found this to be a little surprising. It turns out this is what, like, if you're on a beach and you're just standing there in your bathing suit, All right. which I would never be in that situation, <laughs> ever. Like, well, 40 pounds from now, I might be in that situation, right? But what they do first is they look at your abs, okay? Which, again benefits me not at all well luckily the good news is is if you do happen to be in this beach situation it's not like you're going to be on the beaches of los angeles you're going to be on the beaches of like i don't know like like baylor beach and it's not going to be a big deal at all because literally everyone else standing around you looks the exact same as you see finally he's starting to get my back (laughs) i like it prop him up yeah you're not that fat you're just as fat as everyone else you're just a cantonite you're not fat you fit in But apparently on the beach, women check out your abs first, and then they move to your face, and then it's shoulders and biceps, and then they're pretty much done. It turns out they don't even look like near your groin region at all. Well, what are they going to do? They don't have x-ray vision. They can't see what's behind your trunks there unless you, you know. Well, I felt depending on the trouser. And like, or like, the, or like the the banana hammock, maybe, <laughs> as they're referred to. Which again, you would never see me in a speedo, but like. If like that, it would be a little bit of that. Now, women are less visual about like the organs and like that kind of thing that they are meant. Now, I know muscles turn women off. Well, and but the woman would have no idea on like like boobs are easier to see from a mile out. When it comes to a flaccid penis, you you, you would they're have, all unimpressive, right? You would have no idea of whether that's truly an impressive penis or not. And if you were just wearing like swim trunks, you would have even less perspective on it. And I know Conor McGregor the other day when he weighed in, like you could just see dong out. And like if you're that dude. If you've got one that's like a, a shower and is impressive, well, then you probably are going to wear a banana hammock, and she probably is going to be like, damn. I don't believe that was all McGregor. But I just feel like. I don't. I feel like. What do you think? You did a little loaded there? Ah, uh, dude. McGregor. Okay. McGregor. Okay. Like that guy? The, like, like the most egotistical guy on the face of the planet? Yeah. I think maybe there's a chance. Dude, the, he's like five, six. Well, I mean, dude, unless you're unless you are in a zip flop, oh my god, situation, like you just I, the the penis. I'm not surprised at all that that's not one of the first things that she's looking at there. But on the street now, when you're like walking down the street or maybe in a public space, right, and everybody's got like full clothing on, okay. this is how a woman will check a man out. They start at your eyes, 
Which, okay, you know, I, I could understand that. The windows of the soul. No, they're not. Okay. All no, right. they're not. All right. All right, so I don't necessarily hate that. I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't hate my eyes or anything, so I wouldn't be opposed to like a woman checking that out first. Smile's another one. And again, I think this is probably where I shoot myself in the foot a lot. I probably don't smile enough walking around. But don't you look well, right? Don't you look crazy? Like if you're just walking around, big ass smile on your face, don't you look like a lunatic? I yes, if you're just walking around cheesing, like you're about to get your picture taken. Remember when Dave Chappelle was talking about nine one one, and he said, "Dude, of course people sound scared on nine one one. You're gonna sound crazy if you just go hi, right?" So of course, like there's just like this weird thing where if I'm just smiling, I feel like an idiot. I don't think it's necessarily like you have to be grinning, but I think you can tell people's faces are they a smiler or a scowler and if you have a little bit more of like the smile lines as opposed to the frown lines i think that's probably more something that you can pick up on as opposed to is that person literally smiling at the moment so they go i smile and then they move to your height now i'm not a short guy i'm probably taller than most women so yeah so like that that works in my advantage and i understand women do have a problem dating men who are shorter than they they don't like that six two I, yeah, I got to be closer to that than not. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't. I, honestly, I've probably reached the point in my life where I'm starting to shrink already. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know. Honestly, I haven't. I haven't done that in forever. Anything up over six is a you're a, all right. Is, is, is a victory? I would say for a guy. I I I am on the extreme end of height. I'm I'm six, six seven, right? Six foot seven. And there's definitely been times that's been too tall for. for oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Like that. That's been a problem for me. Once upon a time, I was like, I was kind of like loosely dating this woman, and she said to me, you know, we were living in a part of the country where men aren't as tall as they are here in the Midwest. And she was like, what I like about you is she's like, I'm, she was like five, nine. So when she put heels on, she was big. Like, right. you know what I mean? She was pretty big. And, you know, she was like, the guys here are just too short. I can't wear heels. She's like, that's why I like dating you. She's like, because you're tall enough for me. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, throughout my life, I feel like I've dated girls that have been pretty short. Like my girlfriend now is five, five, which is average height. I mean, for a that's woman. not short but for like, a woman. Like we'll go into like Panera bread and you should see the look she gets from tall bitches. They're like, oh my God, look at this bitch over here. She's five foot five dating a six foot seven guy. Bitch, that's supposed to be my man. <laughs> and it's just like, whoa, ladies, it's not like height is the only thing that brought us together. Um, but yeah, I can understand why if you were a taller woman, why that would be an issue. Even if you're a short chick, I understand why height shows some sort of security. Like dominance yeah, dominance. Like, right. Yeah, all that thing. Then they move on to your hands. They like to check out your hands. Now, I, I will admit that there's a um, at least one woman I know that this tends to be true because she'll always tell me, like, you should probably cut your nails. And I'm like, well, every Tuesday. And she's like, eh, it probably needs to be more than once a week. Okay. So they do notice these things. Yeah. And I, these are easy. That's easily a thing a man will look over a million times. Well, like washing your hands and like clipping your nails. Like guys will just get lazy and they won't do it. But women are apparently, it's like your bathroom in your apartment. Women are checking it out and you're like, this is just where I pee. What's it matter? But like women care about it. I think there's probably number one, the thought of... A urinary tract infection and like nails scraping her, which is like, mm, I need to look at your, your hands at least somewhat. Yeah. And then I think also that that's, it's just like being tall, like big hands and maybe not unsanitary, like like dirty hands, but like rough hands show that like masculinity, right? They show that, you know. Yeah, so I'm just going to start r- wiping mine down with sandpaper. <laughs> that just ability to provide. Rubbing the palms down with sandpaper, which is going to put a damper into one of my other, <laughs> you know, activities. The next thing they look at is your style. Your overall, like how your clothing, which I thought was interesting. This is, it came in dead last at the thing. Again, they, so if you're walking down the street, they look at your eyes first, smile, height, hands, and then your overall style. 
which I thought crazy. I would have just assumed style then would have been like, oh, look, stylish. Let me check out everything else to see if it fits my, you know, my parameters. Um, I would have I, I had that backwards. I think there's probably a pretty low bar when it comes to men in fashion and style. I think it's much less like, are dude, you, those are, skull t-shirts are you and up? Bronco menthols <laughs> make you, I mean, dude, you're, dude, you're, you're like a, you know, a, 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 an established bachelor. It's probably less, are you like up and hip to the latest fashions and more like, can did you, you wash that? Right. Did you wash that? <laughs> can, probably. can you match colors? Can you, you know, just basically take care of yourself? That's why I think it's a, pr- a pretty low on the priority. I have a, dude, I have a friend who, m- my friend Jackie works for Coach, right? So she's like ultra stylish. So like one of the things I'll do when I buy new things, I'll take pictures of them and send them to her. Be like, what do I do here? Like what belt goes with this? What do I do here? And she's actually like mapped my whole closet up by just photos that, I, that I've sent her because I'm like, well, dude, she's an attractive woman who is in the style business and the fashion business. And so like if, if, if she tells me it's a go, it's probably a go. I'm surprised there's not more like you'll see this in little kids clothing. Like they'll have like, I don't know, like matching outfits where you literally just buy it off the shelf of like, here's the shirt, here's the shorts, here's the shoes. And like, I'm surprised they don't do that for men more often. Well, there's now like these like... Like Dollar Shave Club, like clothing companies are starting to do this now where like, again, there's one called MyGolfLocker.com, I think is what it's called. And so you like put in your measurements and like the kind of like, like the brands of the golf clothing you like, and they just send them to you in boxes and you open it and it's a complete outfit head to toe and you only keep what you want and send back what you don't want, which I think is a brilliant idea because again, a lot of guys don't want to go shopping and I, and I know when I open that box, Oh, everything in this box goes with this, put it on and walk out the door. That's so easy for men. Now, again, you're going to pay for convenience. It's going to be more money. I would imagine than you want to spend, but I've been thinking about doing that a lot lately, but I found, I found that interesting. I thought women would have checked out style first and then would have checked down the checklist from there, but turns out no. And again, confidence they say is the biggest thing overall. If you don't feel like you're cowering while saying hello to somebody and this and that, you're probably going to do uh, better than not. We do have Stark County Fair tickets, and apparently it's what? Demolition Derby Hell tickets? Yeah, coming it is the Demolition Derby. Yeah, you're getting hooked up with all of that, and that's next on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We have Stark County Fair tickets and Demolition Derby tickets, more importantly. You get both. Here momentarily, 1-800-243-7625 is the number you'll need on those. I uh, I have historically been critical when things happen in this building that I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Or when I feel like things aren't being fixed properly, I have historically been like very critical. And so in the interest of fairness, I have to tell you, Fantone, something has been changed in this building, and I love it. What do you got going on over there? They put me in a new office, yeah, and I love it. I got now. There's more than one person in it. It's a pretty big office. It's not like it's tiny, right? But there's more than one person in it. But we all work at like different intervals of the day, and so like we kind of stay out of each other's way. There's a nice couch in there. There's a nice table with two chairs for visitors, and there's cable. Jeez, I mean it's pretty swanky. Sounds nicer in your apartment, bro. (laughs) It does indeed. It does indeed. It's pretty swanky, and I'm pretty happy about it. So I feel, and now the guy that did it all is on vacation this week, won't even hear his, me singing his praises. But Grant, buddy, you did a great job. Set me up nice. I like it. Your boy likes it. There you go. I saw this, too, and uh, this will be interesting for you because you're like the eye expert after, you know, dealing with Roholt. Right. But during the eclipse, 
Apparently, there were people in California that ended up in the ER because they wanted to look at the eclipse. So they put like suntan lotion, like sunscreen directly on their eyes. I want to say this is fake. I genuinely do. It's I want from to be, News5Cleveland.com. That's the problem, is that like it's reputable. But well, I, I, wait, here's, the, here's the thing. Is, what, is, is anything reputable? Is News5Cleveland un, unscammable? Are they, it, just, it, just, it feels so effing fake to me. It does. Because How dumb who, do you have to be? Right. Now, but on the opposite side of this, like, dude, people are dumb. Like, they are. Like, I remember, okay, I was in a alcohol diversion class over driving when you shouldn't be right okay now i'm not proud of it but i remember like that was really the moment when i realized oh i'm smarter than the average bear like oh thank god like i'm gonna be okay like because they kept giving you facts and stuff in there and it was stuff that i knew and it was like logical and i remember like a guy saying in that meeting i can't be an alcoholic i have a job and I was like, I raised my hand in the back from the back of the room. I said, guys, we've had presidents who were alcoholics. There's such thing as a fun like this is the grasp that most people have on, on like the issues that face human beings. Like, no wonder I keep getting hired. Like, no wonder. I, the thing with the sunscreen to me is that like in order to have recognized that like this is going to be negative for my vision. If there were people who were just staring at it because they're so dumb, I mean, I guess. Yes. I guess. But, like, if you... You, you don't know spray stuff doesn't go right in your eyes? And right. You would, you'd would you recognize that, like, hey, there's warnings against this. There's there's people telling me that this is going to be adverse to my vision health. And sunscreen is the... I, I can't buy it. I, Mo- I, I don't want to buy skipping it. Skipping over the most obvious point of them all. Which, if sunscreen for your eyeballs was able to be a thing, Visine would have made it. There would be sunscreen for your eyes. It would be a separate product. They, they would be looking to get more money out of you for. How could you not at least logically work it out that far? I mean, we as humans, it's not like we can just on an average day stare at the sun. You know what I mean? Like, you can't do that. So why would you think that? I, just mind-boggling it's to me, dude. So, just bothers so me. very stupid. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. We'll do that after getting you hooked up with these Stark County Fair tickets. We'll take all our 17 right now at one 800 Two four three seven six two five. You get hooked up on those. And Scott from WinningForNextYear.com next on Rock 106. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. It's Monday at 8. We do it every week. Joining us now is Scott from WinningForNextYear.com. My man, how are you? Hey, man. How are you? I'm, uh, I'm oh, good. Here we are. I'm, uh, I'm very excited to speak to you because I had predicted that Deshaun Kaiser would be playing as the starter for the Cleveland Browns at some point during this season. Now, I had put the over-under at like eight games, and that was to be safe because I felt like by week eight he would be for sure the starter. But now, through three preseason games, they've named him the starter. Now, I said earlier on the show, Scott, that one of the things that I like about Kaiser so far is a little bit of what we saw in Dak Prescott in the preseason last year, which is he doesn't look like Manziel always looked lost. Like, I don't know where he is, too small for the moment, that whole thing. Kaiser never feels like he looks lost, which I think is huge, and it's the first building block you need to be a decent quarterback in the NFL, and I don't need him to be Brady. That if, that if Kaiser ends up being cousins, we win. Here, right? That 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 that's enough of a win. Stabilize my franchise is essentially what I'm asking for. Can Kaiser do it? Well, so a lot of lot of layers there. Um, first, you know, rookie quarterbacks can have the the deer in headlights, 
even with preparation. I mean, we saw it with Brandon Whedon. We saw it with quarterbacks on down the line who know the playbook, know the schemes, know everything else, can read a defense, and then once that snap happens and guys are flying around, right. you know, all hell breaks loose. With Manziel, you had that and a complete lack of understanding of the playbook and schemes and how to, you know, call an NFL offense and read defense. So that was was destined to be doomed from the start, given his lack of desire to be good. You know, learn <laughs> you know right. how to be a quarterback. Um, you know, if yeah, I mean, if you, I, I know fans, it'll, it'll be silly to hear this, but I mean, if you get Andy Dalton out of this, or if you get, you know, you mentioned Cousins, who I think is probably on the higher end. I think. Yeah, it's a huge win. I mean, you're you're no one's drafting this kid in the second round thinking he's going to be Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, you know, Russell Wilson, whoever. But I mean, if you get a quarterback, I mean, I don't think fans realize how di- different things would be here if we had a, a league average quarterback. Uh, you know, instead of a guy who perennially, you know, ranked around, you know, between 27 and 32, you know, in terms of, you know, being starting quarterback. So no, it would be a huge huge thing. I mean, it wasn't long ago we thought Cody Kessler was going to be the starter this year, that right. he was beaten out handedly by by this kid after just a couple weeks of NFL action, I think speaks volumes for, you know, how excited fans can be about him. You know, Scott, as, as jaded as a Browns fan as I am, and I feel like I probably represent a decent chunk of Northeast Ohio football fans, dude, it's impossible to watch highlights and watch games and watch these preseason games and not get hyped about what that defense is doing. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of dudes who are making an impact. I feel that Joe Schobert is 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 a stud of a pickup, and it feels like things are going well there. Um, but obviously the star of the show is Miles Garrett. And I've recently gotten into hot takeville here, and I'll, I'll take a little bit of heat on that one myself um, where I've been criticizing Joe Thomas, but I do want to say, and I kind of want to get your opinion on the relationship of Joe Thomas and Miles Garrett. There is the greatest thing that Joe Thomas is ever going to do for the Cleveland Browns since he couldn't turn it into victories is the greatest thing he's ever going to do for this organization is the improvement of Miles Garrett. Oh, I could argue the greatest thing he's done is his Twitter feed, which has been fantastic Fair. over the last year or so. But yeah, I mean, Fair. given where fair. Thomas is with his career and, you know, how much time is left in his window to win versus the, the legacy that he could leave behind in terms of preparing a kid like Miles, there's really no way to quantify that. Um, and, it, you know, to your point, it could be, you know, one of the greatest things. I mean, Joe is a easily the best left tackle. I've ever watched play, you know, in, 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 in my, you know, I guess adolescence into, you know, early adulthood here, but it's, it's, it, what he can do for Miles Garrett. And that's not to shortchange Miles' talent and what he could have done without it. But having Joe around, you know, can kind of put that next level on, on this rookie. And to your point, not only is it fun to watch the defense, but it's who's making the plays and how young they are. And the fact that these kids are going to be here for four or five years, at least, you know, before before any sort of the contract stuff comes up is, is really, really exciting. Yeah, no, what I love about the Cleveland Browns franchise is that the players are always here longer than the coaching staffs. That's always fantastic. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I um, and, and I do worry about that here. When we hired Hugh Jackson, I said, dude, this is a five-year plan, and if you don't have patience for five years, you're going to be disappointed. And I think that, Scott, that they win probably four games this year, and we probably get a little bit better next year. We end up 7-9 and nine next year. And for me, coming from 1-15 last year, that's enough. Now, I want to talk to you about a certain position. Because I was excited about this draft pick, but I'm hearing now that David Njoku is like the third or fourth option at tight end. And if you ask me, that feels like a wasted pick then, because that kid was a stud in college. 
So, yeah, it's a couple things of that. Rookie tight ends rarely do much of anything. Um, Gronk's rookie year, he was like 12th or 13th among tight ends in terms of total production. Oh, I mean, I it's, just, it's just okay. the way it works. It's okay. not a... It's not a. It's not an indication of you know his talent or a wasted pick. I mean, I think if okay. you, I think I, I don't think New England's you know really regretting picking Gronkowski in the no. second round or you know when you know when they did. So um, I you know think of guys like Jordan Cameron, um, Gary Barnage. You know all these. None of these guys came in here and 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 produced you know first year. Gary was a little bit of a different situation. He was already a veteran. When you drafted these super athletic guys like Jordan Cameron, you know, thinking he's going to be two, three years away, which he was. Um, so I'm not too worried about it. I okay. guess if you are using that pick trying to compete this year, uh, yeah, it might be a wasted pick. But I think if you get, you know, 45 catches, you know, 700, 650, 700 yards and three or four touchdowns out of the kid, I think that I think it's a huge win. But to your point about being, you know, from an option standpoint, um, you know, there there are a lot of there is a lot of competition, a lot of bodies there. Seth Develop, Randall Telfer, those kind of guys. And Joku obviously has a higher ceiling, you know, out of all three of them. But in terms of guys that you're going to trust to throw the ball to for a rookie quarterback, I don't I don't necessarily disagree with with going with the the, the more established guys at this point. So then I'm assuming Brock Osweiler is going to be the second option at quarterback, right? If he's on the if he's on the roster come come week one, um, you know didn't didn't take a single snap in week three of the preseason. Um, there was you know the the practice leading up to that preseason game. He wasn't working with with anything really. I think the the open portion to media, he just stood there with his hands on his hips while Cody Kessler, Kevin Hogan, and and Deshaun Kaiser took all the throws. So I don't quite know what the plan is there. There are rumors that they're trying to move him again. Um, but it'd, be tough to, it'd be tough to not dress the guy if he's still on the roster. So I think that would, you know, he would have to be by default. But uh, he's he, there, there, let's put it this way: there's a big, big gap between one and two, which is a huge difference compared to how we've been in the last couple of years. I don't know who's going to want him. He lost his job to Tom Savage. He's now lost it to Deshaun Kaiser, and I believe what Trevor Simeon or uh, I may have that name wrong there in Denver. I mean, the guy can't stay on the field, so I don't know who's going to want him at this point. I have another question here because Isaiah Crowell has said he wants to be a top five back in the NFL, which I I feel like that's what all running backs should want to be. Is he going to be a thousand yard rusher this year? I'm hearing how good our offensive line is. Do we produce a thousand yard runner? Well, he wants to be paid like a top five back, which is is, is part of the issue because he's on the last year of his deal. Um, he wants, you know, kind of Devontae Freeman money, which is the contract he recently signed in Atlanta. He would have had a thousand yards last year had the Browns not bailed on the running game. I mean, how many Mondays did we talk last year where, you know, the things were seemingly going all right and then they completely stopped running the ball? I mean, had that not happened, you know, he probably would have had 11, 1150 yards. Okay. I mean, it's, it was, it was, I, so I, it's definitely doable. I think it would have been doable last year with that patchwork offensive line. So given the, the line work they have now, if they stay committed to running the football, which they'll need to do with a rookie quarterback, um, you know, I definitely think it's possible. With the rookie quarterback and a lack of options when it comes to the wide receivers right now, run. I mean, let's be real. I think Corey Coleman kind of, you know, had a little bit of a coming out party, and I think people can celebrate that. Um, but one of the things that's kind of surrounding the Cleveland Browns is the uh, is the name that just won't go away, um, uh, Josh Gordon. Is there any chance, any chance at all, that we see him in a Cleveland Browns uniform again? <laughs> See, that's, that's the, the hard part is I want to say this regime has completely washed their hands of him, but it's very tough to do so when you see what the, what the wide receiving options look like, right? I mean, it was, it, Corey Coleman looked great on Saturday nights. I mean, he looked exactly like 
the pick they were using last year, you know, and he showed flashes right. of it before he broke his hand. I was going to say, he but, looked good last year before the injury. He did look right. good. Right. I mean, he looked really, really good. And I think, you know, people bagged on him because he couldn't get healthy. But when you break your hand, you break your hand. That when, when you're a wide receiver, it's not like you can put a club on it and be an offensive lineman. Right. You know, right. I mean, he kind of needs, needs that to, 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 uh, to, to thrive. But um, the, that, that's going to be the issue is the Browns are looking at wide receiver options now. Um, Dolphins are looking to potentially move guys like Jarvis Landry. I don't know what other options are out there for them to to obtain before week one. But if they're still hurting at wide receiver and Josh Gordon's activated at the end of September, I, this, this team's going to have a lot of decisions to make because, you know, everything I'm reading and hearing is that this, he will not be a Cleveland Brown. But if you're not, you're not going to have him here on a very, very cheap deal and send him somewhere like New England for, you know, a fourth or fifth-round pick, um, and then have him thrive there. I just, I, I don't know if that's necessarily the right way to go about it, but we'll see. I mean, because there's a lot to Josh Gordon outside of production on the field. There's what he does in the locker room. There's the way he acts off the field. There's that kind of stuff that I don't think they want necessarily around all these young guys who are, you know, really that's falling fair. out right now without him here. So we'll see. But uh, by all indications, Josh thinks he's playing. But we've heard this many, many times. Many before. times before, right? I only have a, I only have enough time for two more questions for you, and I one of them uh, I, I want to spend uh, on the NFL is: Is there truth to this Jarvis Landry trade? Like, do you think he'll be a? Do you think he'll be a Cleveland Brown? I, you know, I I'm gonna I'm gonna take the field on that. You know, just based on the odds, um, okay. I think he'd be a great slot receiver right now because the Browns really don't have one. They talked about putting Duke Johnson there. Yeah. And while I'd love to get Duke in open field, and I think that's great, you know, Jarvis Landry is a fantastic route runner. He's not going to score a lot of touchdowns. But when you need a safety blanket as a rookie quarterback to have a guy who can run routes the way he does, you know, in a very Julius Edelman kind of way, um, I, th- I think that is it's, it's a huge thing to have for, for a young quarterback, you know, on, you know just, just, just to help gain, gain yards and move the ball down the field. I'd love to see it happen, but obviously, as with anything else, it will depend on the cost. That's Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Before I let you go, can you uh, take my audience through, like, what's going on with now, like, the Cavs and the Celtics and, like, this thing? Are, are we done here? Or I mean, I, 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 I'm reading conflicting reports. Like, what is now going to be the, the final deal here? Well, the deal is not done by any stretch. They have until Thursday to figure it out uh, without mutually agreeing to extending the, the deadline. Okay. Um, you know, so we'll see. It sounds like the Cavs are looking for more. And it sounds like the Celtics are kind of drawing the line in the sand. So we'll figure it out. I, I, uh, this isn't the fan in me. This is logical NBA person. The Celt- the Cavs have all the leverage here. Okay. Um, Good. You know the 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 Celtics are the ones who've already printed the banners. The welcome to Kyrie. The you know and they've already burned the bridge with two of their core players in It and Jay Crowder. Uh, one of which that. was hoping to sign a max deal with that team at the end of the season. So. We'll see what happens, but uh, you know the Cavs have the leverage and they have the asking power. But we'll we'll find out by about Thursday this week. As always, man, awesome inside stuff from Scott from WinningForNextYear.com. Thanks, uh, thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you again next Monday. Have a good week, guys. You too, man. All right, Fantone. It turns out there's a certain amount of items that should be in every man's bedside drawer, and I'll tell you what they are next on Rock 106.9. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansberry here for the Wakeham Auto Family. It was about five months ago I bought a car from Wakeham and I cannot speak highly enough about them. They found me exactly what I wanted and well within my price range and were able to get me financed even though my credit, not the best. I've made some poor financial decisions and they were able to still get me financed. Right now, the Wakeham Auto Family is gearing up for their big Labor Day sale and they're offering you zero money down on lease. 6.9. 
And welcome back to the Sands Ray Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. If you miss Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com, you can podcast that shortly after 10 a.m. at WRQK.com. Good insight all across the board from him, as always. Um, I, uh, I'm glad to hear him say that he feels like the Cavaliers are the ones with leverage. I agree with that 100%. Oh, I think so, too, yeah. I mean, Kyrie's going to get traded one way or the other. If Isaiah Thomas ends up going back to Boston and they can't expedite the trade for him with a bad hip, dude, that is going to be a terrible, and I mean terrible, season for them. So, yeah, Cavs really are the ones with the upper hand here. It's nice to hear that. It's nice to be the one holding the cards. You know what I should have talked to him about? What was that? Is high school football back in action. Ah. Maslin losing Friday night, and McKinley won on Saturday, I believe. Yeah, I know uh, that was a tough tough loss in Tigertown there. I know week one, coming out of the gate, losing at home, it's got to suck. I, I mean, you and I both saw a mutual friend Friday evening, early Friday evening, who was giving me insight into some stuff that Nate Moore, Coach Nate Moore, was saying, basically like warn, like you know, softening the blow to the fan base of like, look, we're gonna lose and we're gonna lose some games. And you know, he was saying, look, man, I don't think you can remain a coach in Maslin, like talking like that. And sure enough, I played golf yesterday in Maslin. And so there I am in the clubhouse and a bunch of people talking about the game. Obviously, you know, it's it's what they do. Right. And I mean, they weren't foaming at the mouth, but you could definitely tell the overall theory is, dude, you better go undefeated from this point on or they're looking to move you out of town again. Yeah, I mean, you can look at a lot of high schools and, and think that, like, oh, you know, two losses is acceptable. That's okay. Eight and two is a good record. I mean, I don't know if they're going to do it or not. But not masculine. It seemed as if that's what at least that small portion of the fan base wanted. I don't, I don't, I don't want to get into the to the. Oh well, is you know, is, is Coach Nate Moore's seat hot, is it getting hotter? But it has to be a little bit, right? One loss is enough to turn up to turn up the heat a little bit. Yeah, they don't they don't fool around over there, God, dude. A true testament to us being Canton's morning show right here. It's like, yeah, high school football, baby. That's what we're going with. That's right. That's right. It turns out, though, they say all men should have these items in your bedside drawer. Oh, the the adult drawer there. So apparently, I should have a bedside drawer. (laughs) Stan's very just got a mattress on the ground. No, I mean, it's not on the ground. But I mean, I do have like a window right next to me with a pretty sizable shelf on it. So I'm like, yeah, just use the ledge there. Okay. And my bedroom actually doesn't set up perfectly for end tables next to my bed. It just doesn't. Not where I have my bed in my bedroom. I, I could change where it is, but I don't want to be up against the one wall where my neighbor is. You know what I mean? I, w- I wanted to separate the bed from that wall to protect Fair. her. Right? And so apparently these are things that guys should have in the bedside drawer. This is guys, men specifically. Yes. Okay. We should have a little kink in there. It says when she's ready to try something different, you you know don't be taken by surprise. Right. Sex kits have everything you need for a variety of interests. You know what I mean? A little bit of bondage there. A little uh, you know position of the day book apparently is, is a book where it's like you know word of the day, but sex position of the day. Okay, all right. You um, you, there's a fine line there. I just want you guys to remember that if if you're hearing this and thinking like, all right, well, let's let that freak flag fly. Um, yeah, don't have snuff films in there. No, <laughs> no, 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 you no. I mean? I mean, even even well before that, I um, this was years ago. This was probably ten years ago at this point. But I remember going over to this chick's house and she was like, oh, open up that drawer and grab this. And I opened it up and I'm telling you, literally every sex toy weird thing that I could possibly think of was in that drawer. And I was just like, oh my. 
my God. My ex had a shoebox that she kept underneath the bed, and I didn't know about it. And then one night we were having sex. She's like, hey, get reach underneath the bed. There's a box in there. And like I couldn't believe the items in that thing. It's one thing if you're like, yo, here's you know the fuzzy handcuffs. It's another thing to be like, here's the Benoit balls. You know what I'm saying? So like Those don't awesome. don't think that don't think that you are just going to be able to open that thing up and she's gonna be willing to try every you know perverted desire you've ever had. Altoids are something that women claim men should have in their bedside drawer. Obviously for fresh breath there. Yeah. And then like, okay, I mean, it's not crazy. No, I, think about, I, I mean, I can think of times like during sex, even with my girlfriend now where it's like in the middle of it, I'm like, oh, dude, my breath is starting to kick. It's starting to smell in here. Give me an Altoid. That probably isn't the worst idea. Baby wipes and a towel, they say. Um, the last thing your girlfriend wants is to have to run to another room to clean herself up off of whatever may have been happening there. Right. So, you know, have like a little cloth in there, maybe some baby wipes, a, you know, small little towel and uh, and the like. I um, Yeah, I mean, I guess I mean, I have a bathroom in my bedroom. So, I mean, I have all that stuff right there in the bedroom. So, I mean, yeah, you got to get it out of the bed. But I, And I'll normally go get it for them. But So, I, I, I feel like that's a little excessive. I usually just laugh and throw whatever piece of dirty laundry I can find at her. Like, get oh, out. Yeah, there you go. Get <laughs> out. Yeah, I've done that a few <laughs> times myself. Lube is something else mentioned having the bedside drawer. And, of course, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're having sex in you know, any regular interval, that to you know a little KY jelly probably not the worst thing you know to have on hand. Um, I think there's some dudes who don't necessarily feel that they're dealing with the lack of lubrication. You know what I mean? So they're not necessarily thinking like, oh, I need lube for her pleasure. But hey, maybe a little bit of lube there's not the worst. Uh, another thing that we're supposed to have in the bedside drawer. And I didn't even know this was a thing. So I'm sorry, ladies. Uh-oh. But oral sex spray. What is oral sex? Spray? It says, has your wife or girlfriend ever had dry mouth while performing oral sex? Or is it easy for her to talk about? So Doc Johnson's line of products offers, again, I'm going to clean it up and call it oral sex spray okay. for dry mouth called Wethead. <laughs> okay. Amazon.com will send it straight to the house for $5 in a variety of flavors, including sugar-free sweet strawberry. Oh, well, it's got to be sugar-free. You really want to make sure that your calorie count is down when you're using the oral absolutely. sex spray. Okay. As, uh, apparently, the oral sex spray makes the spray about her enjoyment, not yours. Yeah, because that's what oral sex was for. It's, I mean, right? Well, if you want more of it, make it more enjoyable for her. Therefore, you're yeah. getting more enjoyment out of it in the, in the long run. Um, I would assume that, you know, much like anything else, I mean, I would assume it could taste bad, right? You know what I mean? Like, and if that's the case, you probably need to be washing more often. I was going like, to say, sometimes you can go to the bathroom and it doesn't smell good. So I got <laughs> I to gotta imagine. Yeah, I got to imagine the taste. The sugar-free spray. Could definitely be changed here. The number yeah. one thing men should have in the bedside drawer is not only condoms, but a variety Okay, and they say here that guys normally put more thought into their razors than they do the condoms because a man looks at a condom as just something that prevents kids and STDs. Right. But they say that the perfect condom phantom might be the one that you have not tried yet. So this woman writing this article suggests that you pick up a variety pack that comes with several different types of textures, flavors and thickness. Dude, if you're 18 and you're trying condoms on for the first time, then yeah. But I mean, at this point, if you're a grown man with your own apartment, your own home, shouldn't you know what kind of condoms you you need? No, I mean, here's the thing. I, I, I don't know if I've ever, I mean, Durex, I know, makes a decent condom. The Durex Red Package makes a decent condom, and the Trojan like Blue Pack is a decent condom. Okay. Like, those are condoms that I have used routinely. But 
I don't know that I've I've gone up and down the the, you know, the gauntlet <laughs> of said condoms and have tried different thicknesses of them and 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 the like. I didn't even know that was a thing. I mean, oh, yeah. I know they have that like th- th- those condoms that they cl- that are, they claim are so thin it's like not wearing one. That again, yeah, that's there. that's the wrong kind of advertising for me. I feel like oh yeah, yeah I'm going to break that, and the next thing I know, I'm going to have to pick up some idiot every other weekend from this girl's house, and I don't want to do that. But I've never really kicked the tires on on multiple condoms styles there luckily i'm in a relationship now so it's not the uh it's not necessarily my burden anymore but i i was a big fan it was these trojan twisted pleasure green ones that i was and i was like well that's it that's my condom i know i like those so i just wish i needed condoms (laughs) it's been a little while i gotta meet somebody soon dude like you guys think i'm angry when i'm hungry dude (laughs) Wait till the oral sex stops. Do you kidding me? I'm going to be all kind of fired up then. We'll be right back with more Stansberry Show. Hang on. Dan Stansberry. Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansberry Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansberry here. There are very few things in life more frustrating than when you take great care of your car and some idiot in traffic smashes all into it. If you've been in a collision, whether it be big or small, North Canton Collision is who you call. North Canton Collision is an insurance claim specialist. They repair every make and every model. North Canton Collision also has 24-hour towing. They have on-site rental cars and state-of-the-art paint technology. And every repair at North Canton Collision comes with a lifetime warranty. Find North Canton Collision located on the corner of South Main and Rose Lane in North Canton. Or call my buddies Jeff, Alex, Woody, or Jason for a no-cost estimate at 330-499-5171 or visit NorthCantonCollision.com for more info. North Canton Collision, the folks you call if you've been in a collision, big or small. Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Another opportunity for a trip out to Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival happens at 9, your next keyword, 9 a.m. Check out Coldplay, DJ Khaled, Miley Cyrus, Kings of Leon, Thomas Rhett, Kesha, 30 Seconds of Mars, a bunch of others. Harry Styles, part of that too. And we'll send you to Vegas. For that at 9 a.m. is when you get your next keyword. I, uh, I'm, I'm reading this story, or I have read this story about uh, this woman, Riona Kelly, 37 Phantom, yeah. was left paralyzed from the waist down after suffering a spinal stroke and has been told that she'll never walk again. Okay? Now that, of course, is bad. Sounds terrible. I Tragic. Mean, yeah, absolutely awful. Okay? Five days into her hospital stay, her husband, Richard, who she's been with for 14 years, requested a divorce. Wow. Wow. While she's still in the hospital. Wow. She says, after suffering a stroke, not only did I have to deal with the paralysis, but I had to deal with losing my partner of 14 years. Wow. After he asked me for a divorce, I was left completely alone. After five days in a hospital, I was told it would take me six months to a year to recover. At the time, I felt like giving up, but I knew I had to be strong for my children, she says. Well, how could you not feel like giving up at that point? I mean, honestly, you're facing a, a major medical you know, undertaking here, uh, countless bills, countless you know, trips to the rehab center, and dude, you're paralyzed from the waist down. I, 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 well, I'd want to eat a lead sandwich, too. Here's the thing. There's a happy ending here. She walks again now. She's walking nice. again now. She says she met a new guy and they like they, they've like they they got the whole family together. She says she was told within six weeks she would be able to take her first steps. However, six weeks came and went, still unable to move. 
At this point, doctors told her I would never walk again. And But I'm seeing her like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I have this wrong. They had initially told her that she was going to walk, and now I, I, I'm seeing her here, and she's in the wheelchair with her new husband, like with her new man. So she's wheelchair bound for life now. Yeah, seems like she's wheelchair bound for life. And the guy five days into the hospital stay, the, the husband of 14 years bails. Now, I have said this before, and I feel terrible saying it, but married, I don't know. But if I was... If I was just dating somebody and there was like a coma situation, I'm probably out. I'm probably not coming to the hospital three times a week, sponge bathing it, and I'm just probably, I don't have it. Well, I mean, you know, I think the level of commitment is going to make a huge difference there. Being married for 14 years, I mean, now listen, it's not necessarily. Probably want it out anyway. Well, I mean, and that's the thing is like, who knows what the circumstances were in their relationship prior to this happening. So maybe this dude already had the papers drawn up. Maybe this dude was like, dude, I'm, you know what? I'm about to divorce this chick and I'm moving on with my life and I'm going to get better. And then all of a sudden she ends up paralyzed. I, I'm not saying necessarily it makes you a terrible person for thinking that you need something else out of your life. But dude, five days in, like, I mean, she doesn't even, she didn't even have the diagnosis really at that point. You didn't right. even know specifically of like, well, how long is she going to be out? Is this going to be paralyzed for the rest of your life? Um, and there's a little something called tact in life and a little something of like, all right, so you make that decision in your mind of like, right. I can't deal with this. I'm not strong enough to deal with this. Whether that makes me a good person, bad person or whatever, I'm not capable of doing this. Fine. But you can't just do it like that, that week. And from, from, now, again, Riona has since completed two marathons with the help of her wheelchair and former professional rugby player. Is, the guy's name is Keith, and I guess now they're like kind of a couple. Like they've stayed in contact, and like, you know, he was there for her in her time of need and this and that. And again, much like I don't think I have it in me to stay with somebody after something like this happens to them, like if I was told, hey, man, you're never going to walk, like I'm not going to take half steps on like the bar. Like she did, I guess it was 25 minutes to get 16 steps. It took her like, I'm the guy who waves the white flag at that point. Like, all right, dude, just give me the chair or pull the plug on me. So, you know, roll me off the top of the building. Like, because I dude, like, that's what I would want. Now, now that's me. I'm not making fun of other people or saying this no. is what should happen to other people. I'm just saying if something like that happened to me, I don't think I'm the kind of person that could silver line it and like look for the thing and be like, well, this is why it'll be okay. I would legitimately want just roll me off the top of the building. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if anything, it's very admirable when people have the bravery. And I don't the know from where you find the, it in the in the right, the will to live to continue their life, and that's whether it's. Going I got a to great be, life, and I don't want to live now. <laughs> that's going to be like her, who is wheelchair bound for the rest of her life, and she's found new meaning and found new ways to kind of you know live her life. Or if 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 you're going through a rehab situation, I mean, Stansbury literally is the dude who's like, oh, sprained ankle, dude, just done. head her off the Hall of Fame bridge, dude, done, done with it. Right, just take the whole leg. Jeez. Take the whole leg, Doc. Yeah, no, I am. I'm a very worst case scenario, uh, you know, person there. Like, I would never be able to mentally bounce back from something like that. I would just be like, well, it's over. It's over. I'm like vain like that. And I don't understand where I got that, because neither one of my parents are that way at all, so I have no idea where I got that. Conor McGregor and Mayweather fought over the weekend. McGregor did better than people thought. We were all wrong. He landed way more punches than people thought. And it was leading up to the fight. It was, who is this worse for? Who's this better for? Boxing UFC. And I think as a, as a fan of the UFC, I think the UFC has a huge problem on its hands now. And I'll explain why next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry, Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansberry Show.
Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. The show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show, Rock 106.9. If you miss Scott from winningfornextyear.com, podcast that shortly after 10 a.m. at wrqk.com. Teresa will have another opportunity to send you out to Las Vegas. Actually, a couple of them. She'll get you hooked up at 11, 1, and 2 p.m. this afternoon. She'll send you to Vegas. Check out the iHeartRadio Music Festival. Your next keyword happens at 11 o'clock, so be uh, checking Teresa out. Over the weekend, Connor and Floyd fought, and turns out nobody had any idea what they were talking about, myself included, because we all thought, well, dude, McGregor's going to struggle to land a punch. And he landed 111 punches. I think only six behind the guy who hit Mayweather the most. Like, so for a guy that without a boxing background, it was better than people had given him the credit for. Yes. Um, it did feel agreed upon about how the rounds would go. Just felt like WrestleMania to me. And like, listen, I love WrestleMania. <laughs> your boy's not. Your boy's not against that. But it did. I mean, watching the highlights of it, it almost was like, "Come on, guys! You spent a hundred dollars on this, and you didn't. You you don't. You don't think this is fake? You don't think this was right. like you said? Maybe not faked, but like agreed upon, predetermined. Like, let's not have it go wrong. We need this to look good. Now, I'm a UFC guy, right? Like, I like the UFC, but I got to tell you, UFC fans, you got to dial down your rhetoric today because the rhetoric and the memes are this." It took the world's greatest boxer 10 rounds to finish a newcomer? Yeah, because welcome to boxing. Boxing isn't a one-round sport the way UFC can and will be. Now, I know people are going to go, Tyson! Right. You can point to the outlier. But most boxing matches go deep into the event. And if you think if you think that Mike Tyson in his prime wouldn't have ripped Conor McGregor's head off, you're insane. Yeah, dude. No. Absolutely Over. insane. Over. Fast. Dude, I mean, if you really go back and you watch Mike Tyson. Mike do was ferocious. Just just a monster. Ferocious. Okay, but most boxing matches go deep. That's just they they just do look at the Klitschko fights. They just always go deep. Right? It's just the way it is. It's just a different sport. So UFC fans, you got to dial down your rhetoric, okay? Now, I will admit, Conor did better than even I thought he would. Now, I knew he'd be prepared. Being a UFC fan, I knew Conor wasn't going to go in there unprepared. So y- y- you knew some of that, okay? Yeah, but uh, yes, better than expected, but I don't think at any point... I'm I'd... watching videos of him hammer-punching Mayweather. You're not allowed to do that. And... I think he did better than expected, but I don't think at any point, at least at least in the highlights that I've watched, that it was ever to me it looked like May- right? to me it looked like no Mayweather was in control pretty much the entire fight. I know there's arguments that, and I guess the card had McGregor winning a couple of the early rounds. I, to me, watching the fight now again, I did not watch it live. Reviewed it yesterday. We've been watching clips all morning this morning. Okay, it. Never feel now. I guess I know what the ending is, so maybe like uh, it's perceived and it's going in there and affecting my bias here. But like, it never feels like Floyd's out of control in this fight ever. Yeah, I mean, it I mean, never looks like he's in danger of losing. I, anyway. I think Floyd Mayweather is more than a savvy enough boxer to understand that you know you can lose a round and win a fight and win a fight. That's how he's won all of his fights. Now leading up to this fight. The conversations were not only should the fight happen, this and that, but it was like, who's got more to gain, who has more to lose, boxing slash UFC there, right? And there's great arguments for both. And, you know, the public's been told boxing's been dead for 
50 years. And then next thing you know, there's always a big match. And then somebody gets excited. Like, actually, the, the, the next boxing fight's going to be great. It's what? Canelo and Triple G. That fight's going to be great. Already sold out. It's going to be great. And I thought UFC had more to gain here, but looking at the aftermath, I don't think so. And I think Dana White has a huge problem on his hands now. A, these fighters are going to want more money to fight in the UFC because ultimately, dude, it's a harder sport on your body. I think boxing's probably harder to master and be great at. UFC is going to be harder on your body and... A lot of boxers aren't snapping legs. You know what I mean? Right. Like you, get, you know what I mean. So I think a lot of UFC guys are going to have the arguments that you're putting your body at more of a risk. So maybe the 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 purses should go up, right? But not only that, but now they're talking Connor going to fight this Pauli Malinaji guy, which I don't know why. I don't I don't care about that at all. But I guess some people might. And now not only that, there was talk in the UFC about Steve Miocic fighting John Jones, but now John Jones's test are coming out that he was, you know, on steroids again. So now Stipe's coming out saying, no, I want to pull a McGregor. I want to box. This is bad news bears if you're Dana White. You got your biggest star in the game, Conor McGregor, now boxing, and he's probably going to box again at least once. And now you got Stipe, I believe, who's your, still your heavyweight champion, saying, you know what? Nah, I want to box. Like, this is all bad if you're Dana White. Yeah, honestly, I think both sports kind of walked away a loser from this one. The really? only the only the only people that really walked away a winner are the guys that Pay-per-view. made a hundred plus right. million dollars on it. Um, so why do you think they both lost? Well, I mean, like I, I I think boxing. This was almost the swan song of it. Of you've got. The well, resurgence. Well, you've got a little bit of like, hey, here's a revitalized, you know, interest in it, and hey, you've got you know Mayweather and Pacquiao, blah 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 blah, and here's Mayweather fighting McGregor, and now Mayweather's done, and like you can say that, hey, this you know, there's a big boxing match coming up. I just don't see the star power in mainstream America now. Are boxing enthusiasts pumped about this upcoming fight? Sure, but I don't know any boxing enthusiasts. I feel like the John Q public. This was like the last fight anybody's going to care about for quite a long time. What else do you got? I don't, Triple G, who's that guy? I don't even know who that is. I, I don't even. I mean, I don't even know what you're talking about there. Would I know all three of the those names associated with those initials? I'll be honest with you, no, I nope. don't. I don't know any of. And those I dudes. only. I only really know Canelo from the Takati commercials with Sly. Right. So I be bold. You- no, be bold to Sly. And and dude, they notice they, those guys. They only give them one line apiece because neither one of them can get through English. So we're we're getting into this place where like there's no stars, where there's no like draw, there's no big fight. I do want to. I want to see that fight though. I do, but I agree with you that most people in America have Ooh. no interest in that. What? Fight. So so I feel like boxing that only fight fans want that. Boxing kind of. Has reached a, a, a crossroads, yeah, you know, a, a point where it's just like, well, where do you go from here? And I mean, UFC. I think you bring up good points all around of like these dudes are going to want more money, and if they don't get more money, they're not going to fight. Not going to fight in the same way that they have been. And I, you know, I, d- the discrediting or Conor McGregor losing in a boxing match doesn't discredit his badassness. No, 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 no. But it, but it, it, it took something away from. UFC, like this is this debate of like, well, who's going to win in the ring? Blah, blah, blah. 
McGregor lost, dude. I mean, he did, and now you've got you've it was got, punching illegally while losing. You've got you've got John Jones not being able to get off drugs, right? Which uh, is which is UFC's best athlete ever. I mean, he was their best champion ever. And for him to have gone from yo, dude, I'm about to fight Brock Lesnar, and hey, there's going to be like a big draw, huge this, match, and right. then all of a sudden can't now fight. you can't because you're on drugs. Like, right. if you're Dana White, the best fight you could schedule right now is a fight you can't get, which is Conor McGregor. And Nate Diaz again. And Connor's not going to give you that fight right now. Why would he? He's got no reason in the world to give you that fight. Just came off a huge payday. Doesn't need the fight now. And it's the only fight as a UFC fan that would like make me want to order a pay-per-view tomorrow. And now, I, dude, I'm guessing here. I don't know this to be true, but I'm guessing. I bet Dana can't get that fight done now. Now, Nate Diaz is going to be foaming at the mouth to fight. Now, I know there's guys in our audience right now, either on the boxing side or the MMA side, who are purist enthusiasts and love it. They, they're like, like Stansberry, Fantoni, Tour, Idiot, you don't know about this fight coming up? Well, no, because I'm a passive fan. And and listen, you can have Which your, is what most of America is. You can have your base in as strong as you want to, but if you're looking for growth, if you're looking for the ability like, to make more money... That's like Fantone saying, well, Stansberry's an idiot because he doesn't know Bray Wyatt's up for this. Like, right, you know what I mean? Right. Like, uh, no, I don't want... I'm not supposed... I, dude, I'm pissed. I know Bray Wyatt's name. <laughs> I'm telling you, if I'm Dana White, I'm hating this. Now, I know he sold the sport off and he made a ton of money, but he still stayed on as commissioner for the next 10 years, whatever it was, because whatever his ex- exact title is, because he wanted the sport to be legitimate. He cares about this. And, dude, Dana White's had money since well before he sold the UFC. He's been best friends with Lorenzo Fertitta, one of the richest guys in Vegas forever. So it's not about money. They, they they want a seat at the big kids table, and they were just a, they were just getting it. And now I think that this this fight happened. I don't. I, I think it's like a couple of steps backwards. And you know, selfishly, I'm kind of mad now because I want McGregor Diaz, and I don't think we're gonna get it. I think Dana White's got a problem on his hands, and if he had to do it all over again, you take the money off the table, make it equal, and take the money off the table. I don't think he wants to do it. Just goes to show you, you shouldn't do things solely for the money. That's how I got trapped here, for Christ's sake. There's a guy who's created an app that you're going to want to install on your kid's phone. Trust me, this is a great idea. We're giving you that next on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the program on Rock 106.9. Win your way out to the iHeartRadio Music Festival. We'll send you out to uh, Vegas for a trip for two there. Teresa will get you hooked up into your next keyword. That happens at 11 o'clock this morning. Looking ahead at tomorrow's program, 9 o'clock is New Tour Tuesday, brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino there. You're getting new Taylor Swift, new Luke Bryan, and new P.O.D., all part of that. Not gonna lie, dude. Sometimes I have high hopes for a new third Tuesday. Not really tomorrow. I have not heard. I've gone out of my way not to hear the new Taylor Swift. I have. I'm sure you have. I have heard the new Luke Bryan, though. Come on. Woof. Big old dipper. Stands very one time. Get that dipper in there. Yeah, it this might be the end of Luke Bryan. Like this, we may be nearing the end of Luke Bryan. Okay. And new POD, which is called Soundboy Killa. Okay. <laughs> it just sounds like it's going to be terrible. But that's a band that I've liked. Like, Youth of the Nation, I feel like is a song that should still be played on the radio at, like, a regular interval. That was a damn good record. 
you're in a local band would like to be featured on New Tour Tuesday, send me your stuff, Stansbury at WRQK.com. That's how you do that. Neither one of us are parents. No. But having been a kid, I would imagine my parents would have wanted this. And I would imagine a lot of you who are raising children now will want this. And a father has created what I think is going to be a great app. And it's called Reply ASAP. And what this is, is that this dad got sick and tired of telling his kids, text me when you get here, text me when you're leaving there, and it's their, it's their job to stay on top of you. That's not your parents being dicks. That's your parents loving you and caring enough about you to want to know that you're safe. I know it feels like they're coming down on you. Trust me, when you get to be my age, you'll be thankful you had parents that did it because you now you're old enough to realize, oh, no, that's love is what that is. And thank God somebody loves me. And this dad's sick and tired of not hearing back from his children when they're supposed to be texting him back. So he's created an app called Reply ASAP. And what this is, is it will, you send your kid a text message. Okay. It will then take over the phone, their screen, and it will sound an alarm through their phone that will not stop until that text or a call from you is then answered. Meaning your kids won't be able to put their food on the gram. They won't be able to Snapchat. They won't be able to hit up Twitter before texting you back. That they must communicate with you before the phone unlocks. Ingenious. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's a problem for parents frequently as you get ignored from your kids. I mean, I think everybody's been guilty of that before where it's like you have your phone in your hand. Somebody texts you and you don't want to respond. And it's like, oh, well, whatever. Um, The only thing I'm going to say that this could be problematic in is emergency situations. I see that. And also the downloading and disabling the app on the phone. Right now, it doesn't get into whether or not because I'm assuming you're going to have to put the app on your phone and yeah, your kid's phone. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's going to be like a, it's going to be a like you know a peer to peer app. At, oh, I would imagine there at that point. But then, what happens when your kid decides to? delete the app. Now, there's probably a setting in there that you'd have to put in a passcode, I would imagine. Yeah, I was going to assume that it's it's either password protected or you cannot do that from like the from like, if your phone is phone A and their phone is phone B, you probably can't do it from phone B. It probably has to be like, you as the payer of the Verizon wireless bill have access to all their accounts, all of their stuff like that. I would assume that the kid's not going to be able to disable it. Yeah, I, I but, mean, otherwise, why but, have it? But, but, I mean, like, what happens when like I said, like, you're in an emergency situation and your kid is, you know, just wrecked their car you know, sitting there, hanging outside out of the out of the well, out of the, the phone still door. works. It's only when you have texted them and they haven't texted you back. So I text my kid, "Where the hell are you? You're 25 minutes late." He's reading it as he's driving. Car flips right, and now we're sitting there. Nobody can call 911. All right, that's a great point. We're talking a very. We're talking you know because you can't practically say, well, they shouldn't be reading the text messages when they're driving because now the phone's making a alarm sound, right? And and and, and they can't use it. I mean, what if they're using you know, GPS stop or something sign, like stop that? Stoplight. I mean, I know, I know for sure. I mean, I, I and I, I hate to admit this, but I was using my text messaging and my GPS at the same time yesterday. So you can do that depending on your carrier. Now, my carrier allows you to. Well, but, some carriers don't. But you're still, you were still driving at that point. Yeah, so which like, was not. So, it's, that's not advisable. So a kid coming down 77 southbound, just trying to get home in the next 25 minutes because he knows he's going to get in trouble, and the phone's making a noise. Eh! 
are we focusing on an outlier problem and not like and, and not like the good that will come of this? Uh, yes, I, I I know what you're getting at there, but once that outlier is a dead teenager, and then it's two dead teenagers, and then it's ten dead teenagers, it's going to change the narrative. Yeah. I, I just I when I read this I was like this is ingenious and if you're a mom or a dad and your kid's just like a snot nosed kid like I was who was just constantly trying to push the envelope as every chance they could get their hands on and you always thought you were so smart whatever dad and now like you could put this on your phone and like now your kid has to pay attention to you See, I, I love it I would say you're the one who's paying the phone bill just take the phone away from them but, but it's that, not practical that, well and that defeats the entire purpose of like being able to get a hold of your kids so. Right. Yeah, he's shooting yourself in the foot. So I like this idea. Fine tune it for in case of emergencies. I guess maybe have a safe word on it. You know, like, you know, banana pudding or whatever. Like our safe word. That's the safe word for the Sansbury Show. If you get too much of it, just scream out banana pudding and then you'll be fine from it. I love this idea. And if I had kids, I would want this on their phone as soon as humanly possible, which is why it's called Reply ASAP. I had a weird situation happen over the weekend where I had a listener interaction and I, 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 if, I mean, I hate saying it this way, but I wish I wouldn't have had. I had one of those happen, and uh, I'll, 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 well, I'll tell you the story next on Rock 106. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Online for WRQK.com. You missed anything from this program. Podcast it there shortly after 10 a.m. at WRQK.com. And again, Teresa will send you out to Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. That will happen at 11 o'clock is your next keyword. She'll have another opportunity for you at 2 and 3 o'clock this afternoon as well. So over the weekend, I was uh, I was out in support of the radio station Saturday night. Right. And I, we did a great event at Ray's Place in Kent. Nice. And then I uh, then I got sent to a place I've never been before. Okay. Was the one the 157 Lounge or 157 Lounge, which is like a sushi bar in Kent. Fancy. And uh, yeah, and honestly, the sushi was really good. But so this started at the first event, right? And I'm standing there and I'm signing people up for John Mayer tickets, that whole thing, like, you know, doing the regular radio douche thing, right? Yeah, fill out this form and you'll win, right? And I see a woman out on the street. If you've ever been in Rage, you know, like the like when you first walk in, like those those windows are movable and they they, yeah. they kind of move them out or whatever. And I see a woman on the street kind of talking to herself and like walking back and forth past the bar. And I just knew, having done this for like almost 20 years, I knew, okay, that person is totally here to see me. No chance that she was on like a Bluetooth, she had something in the air, maybe she was talking to somebody on the phone, or she was talking to herself? Yeah, well, I Concerning. already know the end of the story, okay. so, right. so like, okay. I know that that's not true, but okay. I, a nice way to try to give her the out. Okay. But she's like talking to herself and like walking past and forth the windows and stuff, and so I just, again, I know, this person's totally here to see me, Strange. I've seen this a million times, right? Okay. So sure enough, she comes into the bar. And I'm like, dude, Rays is not, I mean, it's not the biggest place in the world where you're on the first floor there. And dude, it's Saturday night, Browns game on, yeah. busy. So they're, yeah. they're busy, right? So they kind of have me like, you know, next to like right by the front window there. And there's a table of like six people, like three couples, all watching the Browns game right, right next to me. So space at a premium is okay. essentially what I'm trying to tell you. Okay. And so this woman now comes into the bar and then like asks like the door guy like hey is he here and sure enough they so the, they they get her to me right. right and she then is like well and like she's carrying like three bags or whatever and she like smashes into the table of people sitting next to me with her bags and was like I'm just gonna sit here behind you 
So now I'm like standing there with like this strange woman standing behind me. And like I was only at each one of these locations for one hour. Okay. okay? So it's relatively short time here. Yeah. Until I got into this conversation. Okay. And then it felt like six hours. Okay. Because then I realized, oh, no wonder you're talking to yourself because there's 27 of you in there. And so, like, of course now. And, like, just wouldn't let it go. Right? Now, we've been in this situation a thousand times before, and I always tell everybody that if you listen to the show and you see me out in public, always, always, always say hi. Like, sometimes people will, like, hit me up on Twitter or, like, Facebook, like, two days later, be like, yeah, man, I saw you at Best Buy, I didn't want to bother you. You're never bothering me. People who listen to the show, who support me being able to do what exactly what I want to do for a living, that's important to me, and I value you, all right? So I want, I want that to be... I value those of you that aren't insane, I guess maybe is what, what I should say. So then, so fast forward, and maybe this is me being too nitpicky. I, and I guess may, I, I, there's a possibility for that because I've been known to do that before. So then I go over to 157, right? And I'm excited. I'm a sushi enthusiast. So I'm like, ooh, I'll try a sushi place I've never had. I like that. So when you left Ray's, you left her behind. You left her like like she she, she did she come along with well the t- these okay. these places are walking distance okay okay so I then left Ray's and was like oh yeah I forgot something in the station vehicle so like I walked down the street so to build separation okay so then I get to one five seven and you know the girl's like okay yeah we have you set up over here the bartender which by the way was really attractive she was like you know you're you're set up over here and like that whole thing so I was like all right great right. And so I noticed it's a sushi restaurant, of course. So I said to her, I said, hey, I said, you know, do you have a menu? I'll just eat dinner while I'm here. And so I order, uh, well, three rolls, uh, right? And so this woman then now follow, has now followed me from Ray's, comes into 157, and, like, again, has, like, six bags, and she makes her own jewelry. Of course she does. Okay. It's all based around crystals and all this other stuff. Jeez. Of course, some Middle-Earth armband that I, apparently I'm going to want right. and everybody else in the world's going to want. And this is where it gets weird. This is where it gets weird. Okay. <laughs> all right. She was like, I'm, again, I'm at a small table that is only a, that's only set for two people. Essentially to sit across from one another and have dinner. And she's like, I'm just going to sit here while you eat dinner. Like, and again, I'm sitting there. Now, the event's like pretty much over at this point because I was like, well, it's kind of rude to sit here and eat all the while while I'm supposed to be working or whatever. So like towards the end of the event, I ordered the dinner. I was like, all right, I'll eat and then I'll get out of here. Right. That's I mean, that's I've done that a million times. And so now she's like sitting there like talking to me. As I'm like eating the sushi and like putting it, you know, tweeting and like I'm doing a million things. As that, and again, I'm trying not to be rude because again, she listens to the show, knows it, supports it, knew you were the whole bit. So it's like you're a listener. So I don't necessarily, I, I don't want to be rude no, to you. Don't you want to be a dick, I, right? I mean, because that's just, I do. There's so many guys in this business are the don't you know who I am and that whole thing. And dude, I've never been one of those guys just because I feel like, dude, it's just that's the fastest way to lose your gig. Yeah, like I do know who you are. Nobody's impressed. nobody cares, <laughs> right? Exactly. It's just a job. It's not at the end of the day. It's not all that impressive. So I've just always tried to work very hard not to be that dude. But like nowhere in the, in this moment did this woman. And so like now this really attractive bartender. Is not looking at me like, is this your wife? Like, I mean, because we were more age appropriate than you would think. You know what I mean? So, like, looking at it, if you didn't know any better, you'd be like, oh, that's his wife. And I was like, 
I felt like such a dick because I like wanted to look around the restaurant and be like, I don't <laughs> know her. I'm not with this person. And like I thought she was gonna start ordering food, and then I was gonna be like, Well, now what do I do? Like I got right, I, you're gonna get stuck with the bill. At some point I'm gonna have to look at this person because I like I feel like this woman may have been housing challenged. And so I was like, dude, if she orders food, like I can't just deny her dinner. Right. Like, I'll be the biggest jerk ever. She's not gonna have the, the, the money to pay for her for her sushi as she's selling like mystic crystal revelation. To, 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 to pay her bills. No, that's not going to work. Um, yeah, she had like this weird jewelry on and like somebody asked her like who, like where'd you get that necklace? And she's like, oh, it's so-and-so and like said this designer's name and she looks at me she's like, you know her, right? And I was like, lady, no. why in the world would I know that? So where did this end? How did you, how did you get out of this? Well, so now it's done, right? The, 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 the event's the, over. The amount of time has now been set, but the conversation isn't wrapped up and so now I'm like trying to, like I've already paid my bill I've tipped out. I've done the whole thing. Right, ready to go. And I'm now standing up, packing up the stuff from the radio station, and she's still like having the car. And I said to her, I shook her hand. I said, I'm sorry. I said, but I have to go. I have the station vehicle. I have to get it back on time. My <laughs> boss is going to freak out. Lies. Just lie after lie after lie. And I swear to God, Pantone, as I'm walking down the street to get back in, she's still like on the street <laughs> saying things to me about like crystal jewelry. And I was just like, oh my God. And all I could think to myself is, you know, my dad used to tell me, I'm telling you to go to college, and there's going to be a day in your life where you're going to wish you listened to me. And you know what, Dad? You've been dead 15 years, man. But you were right. I wish I would have went to college. Aside from that, we're done for the day. Be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great day. See you. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Hey, guys, you got Stansberry here. And if you're a licensed medical insurance agent, Truebridge, a Traz Act company, wants to hire you. Truebridge in North Canton is looking for caring people that want to help seniors understand their medical care options and choose the plan that's best for them. If you don't have an insurance license but would love to have one, Truebridge can help you for free. Yes, TrueBridge will provide all the training you need to earn your medical insurance license for free. If you want to know more, dial pound 250 now and use the keyword TrueBridge. That's pound 250 keyword TrueBridge and you will be immediately connected to TrueBridge for more information.